This is Turn on the Jets Film Room, your weekly extensive breakdown of New York Jets X's and O's. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Blewett. Stop route in the middle curl. I'd actually like to start from Dawn. Maybe I want to see him get rid of the ball a little bit sooner as he sees the soft coverage, but I like how he leads him outside. Great freaking snag. That's a snag, man. And former Texas Tech All-American, current Arena League coach, and the hero of the Monday Night Miracle, Marcus, Marcus Coleman. Coleman. That is again by Coleman. You got to hand it to Marcus Coleman. He made the play earlier to pick it off in front of Gadsden, and then he read the eyes of the quarterback here. That interception is his third of the game, and that ties a Jets team mark. On Turn on the Jets Digital. And you are listening to another edition of Turn on the Jets Film Room. Um, this episode is going to be me running solo um, because Marcus has some things to do, obviously, with being a arena league coach. He does have a team to take care of and all that type of stuff. So he is a little bit busy today. So it's going to be me um, rambling a little bit by myself today, which is completely fine. I'm sure that some of you, you know, some of you guys would like to listen to me ramble by myself. Um, cause I can get a lot of thoughts out on a certain amount of things. And some of you are probably going to hate it. Um, but whatever. And, um, you know, we're, we're getting into a lot of different discussions today, um, about a lot of different things, um, with the Jets, just discussing loss to the Dolphins at, you know, in Miami 13 to, Six, which is just beyond abysmal game to to watch. Um, but before we get into that, one, as you can tell, if you're watching on YouTube, all the crappy stuff on my face is uh, we have no shave November at my police department. So I know it does not look good, but unfortunately, since I'm a newer officer, I don't really have a choice whether or not to um, shave or anything like that. So before you're like, what the hell is he doing? Uh, this is not my choice. But, um, you know, the, the housekeeping type stuff, 19th edition, like I said, turn on the Jets. Uh, if you type in TOJ space film, space room on iTunes, um, even if you listen or if you watch on YouTube, which a good event you guys are watching on YouTube, even though it's been going down a little bit just because I understand the Jets aren't as good. So it's a little bit frustrating to hear talk about the Jets. Um, but seriously, if you can just go leave five stars on that um, and just – even if it, even if it's just a five star, it's not even a review that that helps us a lot more than you think it does. Because like I said, um, it helps us get out to more people. Because when you go to search Jets podcast on you know Google or iTunes, wherever it may be, it's ours is going to pop up sooner, um, and then we get more recognition, and then more people recognize us, and then we can maybe potentially get funds. You get funds, you get better shows, you get better quality. Some of you talking about some of the videos being a little bit choppy. The videos are a little bit choppy because my computer is processing so many different things at once while playing videos, while hosting, while recording, while connecting to the internet. So if I was able to get faster internet, the internet would be more clean. So like things like that. So uh, we we'd appreciate reviews much more than people know. Um, we appreciate the, the people interacting with us on YouTube as well or in, interacting with me for the most part um, on, you know, on YouTube. So like I said, leave those reviews. We didn't get any this week either. Uh, I understand people are frustrated, but like I said, after 50, we're probably going to send somebody to a game, give them a free T-shirt, you know, signed by Marcus Coleman. If you are an older fan, or I'm an older fan, just a fan in their 30s or something like that, you'd probably do remember Marcus. Um, I'm sure that would mean that'd be pretty cool to get a signed, um, you know, shirt or whatever from a guy who had three interceptions and in one of the biggest games, if not the biggest game, minus the you know Jets Super Bowl went over the Colts um, in Jets history. That my, you know, that that game against the Miami Dolphins. So. Um, 
I'm on Twitter at JoeRB31, and Marcus is on Twitter at PatchMC42. Uh, I haven't been doing Twitter reviews. I used to do a lot of Twitter reviews. I used to go over every single game, put up 50, about 50 plays of each and every single game, and, and you know, in 240 characters, whatever it is, you know, break down the play. Uh, unfortunately, with doing this show and, you know, having a full-time job and, you know, getting to the gym and all the stuff that I do in my real life, um, I'm not, I haven't been able to do that, but during the off season, when there is no game film to review, I will be doing player reviews again. So, um, I'll be doing it for shows as well. So if people want to throw me recommendations, oh, I want to see Jamal Adams fil- 2018 film and review. I'm going to be doing, I'll probably end up doing all 22 starters on both sides of the ball. Obviously, Donald Adams, Leonard Williams, Lee, Avery Williamson, Marcus May, you know, Tremaine Johnson, which will be a short review, uh, Morris Claiborne, all those guys, I'll do reviews and I'll do some shows about them as well. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, like I said, everybody, I appreciate everybody sticking with us and, and listening. And uh, it's funny. I remember when I, used to, when I first started doing, you know, podcasts and stuff, I used to be like pretty nervous about doing uh, solo shows, but now I don't, I don't really care. It's kind of just is what it is. It's talking football and I love talking football um on the show and i love talking football and getting reactions from everybody who comments all the time so i i, I do appreciate that i know you guys are learning and listening and um you enjoy it as well so i, I i'd like to do it but um <clears throat> you know let's get into the game which is just it, it was really the tale of two of, of two different sides of the ball the defense balled out and say what you want there are going to be mistakes i'll bring up um from this from the defense but overall you could, like I said, say what you want. It's, it's Brock Osweiler, but Brock Osweiler, you know, scored what high twenties versus the Texans. He they beat the Bears in. I think I think the score was like they scored like thirty two points um, against the against the Bears a, a few weeks ago. So say what you want about the Jets only putting you know giving up six points to the guy, but he's been putting up twenty plus points on multiple different teams who are are pretty solid. Like like let's let's say okay versus the Texans they lost, but they put up twenty three points which is, you know, it, it's, it's not a huge outing, but still 23 points versus the Texans, 21 points versus the Lions, uh, 31 points versus the Bears, who got who shut down the Jets. And that's when I, I'm not sure if they had Cleo Mack. I think Cleo Mack might have actually got injured that game. But he still is an NFL quarterback. It still is an NFL offense. So defense gets a lot of credit this game. We're, I'm going to give them a lot of credit, as should the people listening to the show. <clears throat> um, and then the offense was just – it was – beyond bad um and we're going to get into it with the with these studs and duds then we're going to go into the good from the offense the good from the defense the good from the you know the bad from the defense the bad from the offense etc but for my first dud um even though I, I i feel for the kid i really do um with the lack of talent surrounded um or surrounding him with the offensive line with the in, inconsistent running backs um, with some good receivers, and I've said this a lot, that, yeah, the Jets receivers are over – I mean, they're, they're not overrated. They're, they're overlooked um, by the national media. And we remember during the offseason, national media was, okay, well, the Jets, the Jets uh, wide receiver group is like bottom three, bottom five in the NFL, which I don't, I don't agree with at all. I think they're somewhere in the low, teen, or low teens, early 20s type range. Maybe they're probably the early 20s. Um, but that still at the same time, they're not, they're not in a, you know, a top 15, top 10 unit in the NFL. And that's what you want to surround, you know, a, a rookie quarterback, um, or even if not top 10, top 10 weapons to throw to the ball to, okay, at least a good offensive line or a good running game. And, and Donald really has none of that, but regardless of all that stuff, he played, he played really poorly today. 
uh, or it's not today, Sunday. Um, he came into the game. He looked shaky right from the start. It looked like the last game he had against the Dolphins hurt his confidence a little bit. I think he's starting to lose confidence in his team. And um, there's times he just did not look comfortable at all. And these last couple of weeks, we're starting, to get, we're starting to see Darn a little frustrated, which is not good. He should not be frustrated as a rookie with his team. But the team really is that bad at times. And the first play uh, I'm going to bring up um, is that first interception. If you're watching on the screen right here, like I said, he just he, – it's not, it's not like a guy like Josh Allen who's just not making reads. He's not looking off safeties. He's not, he's not moving defenders with his eyes. He's doing that. But there are games where I think this game was probably his worst game of his career so far. And then I'll probably put Jacksonville at two and probably the Browns at three. Um, just because you came into this game looking at the Dolphins' defense and they're all you know bottom 20s or early 30s in, in some of their rankings. And they just didn't perform. And Darnold was a part of that. Um, now the offensive coordinator was a pro- was a part of that. The coaching was a pro- part of that. The th- surrounding talent was a, a part of that. But on this play, this is Darnold. Um, the the so what we usually see from a Tampa two. This is a Tampa two defense. What you we usually see they're showing cover three shell one two three. They look like they're going to drop back and usually have the four guys underneath here in a rush four. But what they do, what the Dolphins do, show that cover th- cover three. But that that middle third safety is dropping down to the into that Tampa two. So it's disguised as cover three, but it, it actually comes into a Tampa two. You see how it comes into that Tampa two. You're gonna have you're gonna have um curl the flat, hook the curl, um, hook the curl, curl the flat, and then and then you're gonna have the um the Tampa two defender who's the just that basically that middle hook zone he just takes a deeper drop to take away that post in the middle of that cover two weakness um of that defense. And Darnold, you know, he, he drops back off the play action. He's looking to the right, and he and he thinks that Kiko Alonso right here is just gonna just gonna sit here and squat in that in that hook the curl zone, but he just follows Darnold's eyes right into where where right where um I believe that's Jermaine Curse or maybe that's not. It actually looks like it was almost Dante Burnett. It might be Dante Burnett, but uh, Deontay Burnett. But it doesn't really matter who. Um, yeah, I think it is. But it doesn't really matter who it is right there. He brings the defender right into the zone because he's, he's, he's staring at him right there. He's got he's to look him off or do something or at least notice, okay, well, it's Tampa too. But Kiko Alonso right here is taking a little bit deeper of a drop and, and coming into that into that zone where I'm trying to throw that stop route to the, to the receiver on the top of the screen. He just doesn't do it, doesn't look him off. Um, he throws a ball, which is an interception. And he doesn't have to force this ball. If you look out to the right right here, he can dump that off to Crowell. Now, it was Crowell maybe only going to get two, three yards. Yeah, but at the same time, Crowell also might break a tackle and get a first down right here. You don't need to force this ball. So that's, that's, that's a forced ball from, um, from Sam Donald right there. So you do not want to see that. And obviously, I'm going to have a couple more plays. And all of his plays I'm going to bring up are, are bad from this game. There really wasn't much positive. Now, there was a couple plays here and there where he was evading pressure and things like that or made a nice thrower to like that one throw that he had to Herndon on that Y sale concept, which Y sales is, is literally um, not sorry, not Y sale. Um, there is actually jumbo sale, which is three tight ends. But then there's uh, Y cross, which is just you have the from the opposite side of the formation, you're going to have, you know, the, the outside vertical threat run a, a seam route. And then from the opposite side of the field, the the the. Um, the Y or the tight end who's in line is going to run a uh, just a deep over and over route, and it's it's pretty simple. That uh, that vertical route from the receiver is going to you know evacuate that area, um, whether it be like that deep third safety or a curl to flat defender. He's going to get them out of there and open up the underneath or the over top for that Y that Y cross. So um, they they ran that and and Herndon had a nice catch on that. Um, Donald had a nice throw on that, but other than that, there really wasn't much of positive to look from 
are looked to from this game. And this is another, um, this is a, this is a sale concept. It's a little bit different where you're, where you're having, um, it's, where you're having, instead of just a straight vertical route from, or a straight nine route from um, Jermaine Curse on the outside right there, they're doing a little bit of a switch sale which you have Deontay Burnett running a deep, um, almost not even, it's not even really a corner route. It's almost more of a, um, not, well, why am I blanking out on the name? Like a pile, he just runs the pylon. It's not as, it's not as broken flat as a, as a normal corner route would be. Um, and then you have Jermaine Curse, who's working from the outside. He comes in on, he comes out on that, you know, corner route. And then you have uh, whoever this is right on the bottom of the screen right here, who looks like it, it's okay. So it's Isaiah Crowell. He's running to the flat. So you have that three-level read, short, intermediate, deep. That's where the sale concept is on the sideline. It's a little bit farther from the sideline this time, but it, this is a sale concept. And Darnold, again, it's it's first and 10, and he he forces this ball a little bit again, where I, I it's, it's actually maybe not even that so much of a force, but it's just it's a tight throw. And this is great recognition by number 25 right here, it looks like, um, to peel off of that. Um, you know that that deep pile on route, and and to almost get the interception. And Curse just he stops running this route. Uh, I think Donald needs to put this ball a little bit better instead of having this ball here. He wants to be more here. Um, so this is a this is a missed throw. Um, so this is bad. This is a little bit of bad. Um, you know accuracy here. And Jermaine Curse this game too. He deserves a he deserves a dud uh, or he, at least a bad moment. Or he had bad moments this game. He had drops. He looked lack, lackluster running routes and fighting for balls. Like you know, in this play, there was one Donald interception where he just stopped running, um, not even trying to fight back to get to the ball and tackle the ball carry. He just intercepted Donald. I want you to look at his footwork really quick with uh, with you guys. That looks like a little bit of a step in the bucket to me. Um, it's kind of hard because. Um, Carpenter is is right there to tell exactly, but it does look like a little bit of a step in the bucket. Where I talk about that step in the bucket, and literally imagine if a bucket was here, he's taking his foot and almost coming over that bucket and stepping into it. Where instead of he wants to drive through that front foot right towards his target, so you want to see the ball, you want to see him drive through that more instead of seeing that kind of sideway motion towards the sideline. His foot is having right there. You see it? Okay, it is. It is a step in the bucket. You see how it's right that right there. You want to see that more driving forward. So that's what they talk about when he stays step in the bucket because he's like, he can almost step in the bucket. It's just as simple as that. And that's where the ball might be a little bit off. Um, so bad throw right there. Like I said, bad location. You want to see it more here. Um, so it's just he had a mixture of things. So that was a near interception that he that he did not have um, in this game. I'm bringing up another couple more plays of of Donald, obviously. Um, from this game because, like I said, it was one of his worst games, and he's a you know franchise quarterback, so we need to talk about um, him. And for the people who are oh bench Donald, that's that's beyond ridiculous. If you've been watching this show from week one, how many really bad games has has Donald had? Like I said, the the Browns game, the Jaguars game, and this game. And look what he's working with. We we talked about the Lions game, how good he was. We talked about the first Miami game. He was actually pretty good. He had drops and things like that in that game. Um, the Colts game, he lit them up. The the Broncos game, he played really well. Um, even you know, last game against the Bears, he had no help. He still made plays. So this is this is his second or third game of him being really bad. He's 21 years old and he has no help around him. So the, for the people saying that they should bench him, it's beyond ridiculous. He's our franchise quarterback. He's 21 years old. Now is he is he at the level I expected him to be at? 
um, coming into the year. I, I would say he's right around right around that area. I think he's right exact, like pretty much exactly where I thought he would be. Now, would I like to see less interceptions? Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, multiple pick sixes, I bet probably, probably what three pick sixes at this point. Some dumb interceptions. Would I like to see him start cutting out on those interceptions a little bit more? Yeah, but this is pretty much what we expected from a twenty-one year old twenty-one year old kid. He's going to have some bumps in the road and things like that, and that's exactly what's happening. And this is another play where um, if you're looking to the bottom of the screen, um, it's actually Elijah McGuire just running a, you know, he's running a slant route. And this looks like a little bit of a miscommunication to me where, where if you, if I play it in full speed, it, it, you could see that McGuire kind of gears down a little bit. I don't know if he's trying to sit in the soft spot of the zone. He sees that linebacker um, or that safety coming in that it looks like a rob. It looks like cover three. It's not a cover three robber. It's just cover three. Just disguising it as cover four or cover two. Um, because like, like I said, if it was so, so if like, like I said, I can ramble a little bit more now that I'm by myself. Now, if this safety, instead of coming here, because the safety's responsibility to cover three is primarily the curl to flat. Now, if one of these other defenders was to go to the curl to flat and he was going to come over the middle and take anything crossing his face in the middle, that would be a cover three robber. Um, or cover three buzz. I actually call it cover three buzz because people differentiate cover three buzz and cover one robber. People like to call robber one, so I'll call cover three buzz. So I'd be cover three buzz. This is just a regular cover three disguised as, like I said, a cover two or cover four. Um, and he, him and McGuire have a little bit of miscommunication there where it looks like Donald thinks he's going to keep running that route, but he doesn't. And the ball is a little bit off. And if you look at his footwork, his footwork again, it's a little bit of a step in the bucket there, right there. You see that? Where if you should be watching this on YouTube, like I said, if you really want to learn. I get if you can only watch the, or listen to the podcast, which plenty of people do. Um, but the video really does benefit you, and you can see it right, right in that motion right there. You don't, you don't want that. You want that, you want that front foot driving towards the target instead of towards the sideline, which it, which it is at, at that moment in time. So you need to work on that footwork still a little bit. Um, it doesn't help that you know Spencer Long right here is getting bull rushed back into his face. That probably doesn't help his confidence, um, obviously. But yeah, it's a little bit different mechanics, a little bit of miscommunication there between him, him and um, Elijah McGuire. Uh, next play from Sam Darnold. Um, this is so. This one is like where you see some of the. This is like the, I would like to see the playbook on what he's supposed to do. Now I think for him. It's it's either the offensive line or him. They didn't alert this blitzer. Like me and Marcus have said, when you have any corner, even if you think they're playing man, you have to alert them. He's he this guy is way too close to the line of scrimmage. He's almost just a, basically a wide nine, a guy who probably runs a four four. Um, so he can get to the quarterback really quickly. You need to alert the offensive line of this guy. Or the offensive line has to know about this guy. So it's either Donald, the coaching, the offensive line. They have to know this guy is coming. And, and check to the hot read. And the hot read, if you think that safety, if that corner is coming, so you alert that, now your first read is going to be that corner. So you're going to check that as soon as you, as soon as you get the ball, um, which doesn't help. And this is people say, oh, well, it didn't throw up his timing and all this stuff. So if he got the ball cleanly right here and he could look at that, and let's say that was his read, is he able to look at that corner right now to see if he's blitzing, to see where he can go with this ball if that, because that ball is so freaking low because Spencer's so bad? So don't give me that the, the snap doesn't messing up that much because, yes, it does. One, it messes up his timing and his drop, which, like I said, if, you're, if, you're, if you have a three-step drop, your first read's going to have six steps to get open. Your second will have nine. Your third will have 12. There's offenses that run like that. So when it's off by a quarter of a second, we know this game is a game of millimeters. So it does throw off just, just, just simply his footwork and his timing with his receivers. Now he's not able to read the defense because his head is down looking for a ball that is literally scraping against the ground because Spencer Long sucks so bad. Now he's not able to read that blitzer. I'm not sure if he even alerted that blitzer initially, but 
he should have alerted that blitzer, looked at that immediately. And as soon as that blitzer is coming and you see that Kiko Alonso's hips are open right there and you know he's going to run a hitch route, or at least he should be running a hitch route, you have to throw the ball right there. Get rid of the ball. There's no way anybody's getting to him. It's, it is, um, it's third down, so it's third and seven. But at this point, if you, if you, get, the ball, if you get the ball right here to um, Deontay Burnett, he should be able to fall forward for an extra two, three yards. And there's nothing else open on this play, and you know that people are coming. So if that pressure is coming, you have to get rid of the ball anyway, unless you're just going to chuck up a ball to Elijah, you know, to uh, Quincy Noonrod here. But you have this, this safety right here who, who could, you know, bite up on any, either one of these. Um, so he needs to just get rid of that ball to Deontay Burnett right there, and just a bad snap as well did not help him. So don't give me that the snap doesn't hurt him crap, because if you hear that, just stop just start on following or, you know, stop following, I guess, whoever that is, because they just, they have no idea what they're talking about. Um, but let's see uh, next play. Oh, I started this one a little bit late, but you can actually see, I guess that it was too, I don't know if I started late on purpose, but you can see where the ball ends up. This is where Donald's having to catch balls this game. And there was at least, I would say seven to 12, maybe 13 balls that were just poorly snapped that were not in Donald's hands. Um, and he's had to literally make like one handed Odell Beckham catches to make these, these, you know, just, just to get the ball to him. You should never have to be doing this as a quarterback, especially a 21 year old rookie quarterback who has, he, he needs every single split second he possibly can to be reading defenses. Um, so he gets like, he gets a crappy snap and this is kind of the same thing again, right here where the dolphins are running, to cover three defense, so you have deep third, deep third, deep third, four underneath, and Darnold is dropping back, and he's just, right now what he's assuming is that this defender is going to come out towards the, the curl to flat more and take more of a flat angle, but he's following Darnold's eyes. You can see he's looking at Darnold the whole time. Darnold needs to recognize this, recognize this and he just, he's just going to let it go to let it go. Um, and that's as easy as the interception as it goes because he needs to make those pre to post snap reads where okay, cover, you know, before the before the snapper as the ball is getting snapped, it looks like cover three, which it is. But just because his responsibilities curl the fly doesn't mean he's gonna stay there, that that defender. He's not locked in that position. If he sees the ball going a little bit deeper than he should be, he's going to follow that 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 quarterback, his eyes on the ball, which he does, and which is why it leads to a pick six to to, you know, when you're trying to get the ball to Tomlinson um on that on that you know speed out called a speed out it's a pretty slow speed out but it is a speed out because he's not really fully breaking down um but bad interception there he has to make that post snap read and like i said he looked he looked just completely shook this game um and that was a you know another example of of why he did look as so um i got two more plays from Darnold, and we'll get into some other of the bad from uh this game here and um this is another this is another interception this was later in the game and this was fourth and if we count it's almost fourth and what 15 um right there if i'm doing my math correctly let's see if i just five ten yeah so about yeah fourth and 14 or 13 um and Donald steps up in the pocket and this is just another forced ball this is not this is no special defense what they're running is a really soft cover three you still have one two three or sorry one two three four one two three and they're playing the sticks those that intermediate zone is playing that stick so you're gonna have to throw the ball past past those sticks and past these guys because they're on they're they're in in that um you know in that position deeper than it normally would be because the, if if you're going to throw the ball to one of these three guys, which you have only two guys threatening deep, which is just beyond stupid too. Because what do you think these guys are gonna pull? Like like this is some of the bad coaching that I just really thought about right now. I didn't even think about it this play, but the bad coaching is okay. So you're gonna have three guys out of your five guys 
run underneath routes and you think that the Miami Dolphins are stupid enough to, to bite up towards those guys and then you're going to run a crease concept. So what they were expecting to happen is this – it would be a cover three. This – this this um, it's – yeah, that, that middle – they're expecting that post right – or this uh, the seam route right here to, to eat up that safety right here. So that safety would take this and then you basically have isolated one-on-one with with this receiver in the outside corner, so he would run that 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 dig route or that post route, um, and he would he would be open versus number twenty four, which would happen. But because they're playing a soft cover three and they're told to play those sticks right there, they're playing right into the Dolphins' hands right here. Um, so the, you're you're basically making com- you're you're taking a five man um, receiver set or five guys running routes and you're only really running routes with two of them to cover. So you're, you're, you're already making um, Sam Donald, you know, what he's, he's throwing. There's a two man concept versus five guys in the field. So what is Donald supposed to do right here necessarily? Now, like it seems to throw the way the ball, but he's forcing it this time because it's late in the game. So you're making three of your guys just completely out of, out of the play right here, which is just, it's, it's stupid. Even if, even if you're not going to throw the ball to him, you know, run, run, run verticals, run, run three guys verticals right here and then try to eat up some of these guys or run crossers. Now, maybe if you run a deep over route and it's, and it's threatening this first down, now maybe you pull up this linebacker and you could get that dig or post, um, of that crease concept behind, um, you know, that, that seam route, which, a a a crease is basically an inverted mills, which a mills is a, you'd have the outside receiver run a post and the inside receiver run a dig. Now with a crease, it's the inside receiver running a seam, um, and the inside and the out. Or sorry, the the inside receiver running a a, a a seam route, and the outside receiver either running a post or a a um or a wow, a, not a dagger, a freaking dig route. Sorry, mixing up my routes. Um, so it's basically like like I say, creases and inverted mills. Um, but they need to occupy more space here. They can't beat somebody with with crease concept in a versus a soft cover three is just not going to happen so bad bad play calling bad execution um this was a tough one for donald this is ones i'm not really going to kill him for but i would like to see him you know not throw that ball at least chuck it up to somebody one-on-one because when you're throwing the middle of the field like that in a soft cover three it's just it's just never going to happen and last one i have is donald because he's he's getting beat up right now and it is what it is but he deserves to a little bit but i don't want to spend forever on him because i honestly i i did feel bad for the kid this game um this is one I didn't like. This was 41 seconds left in the game. Um, and this is another one of those famous Jets plays where literally a lot of their routes right now are it'll be a check route from the running back or a flat route and then just hooks. And they're just, okay, run run to the first down marker and run hooks. Hook, hook, hook. And that's all it is. The Jets are running a lot of hooks now. Are they running sale concept, crease concept, mills concept, spot concept, spacing concept, stick concept? um sale concept are they you know yes but the or yankee concept they run all of those but the problem is they too often revert back to just running hooks and it showed up this game and we saw baldy balding or whatever baldy whatever his name is some people like to retweet his stuff on uh twitter he brought it up too and people are getting frustrated with it. and we've been noticing every week we've been talking about this stuff for weeks now um and right here donald drops back he's getting a little bit of pressure so he rolls out of the pocket to the right and this is fourth and 10 right here and this is the last drive of the game and he's trying to force this ball up to jermaine curse right here and i get it like there's open field right here but my thing about this play is he needs to, he needs to keep reading jordan leggett is open right here man he, he's got a he's got to whip that in there 
Um, he's open now. He's open now. He's open now. Maybe now he's not open where the, where the safety can get down on it. But Jordan Leggett is open wide open. He's wide open right now. Open, 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 not open. And then he, he tries to force the ball to Jermaine Kirsch. He just lofts it up there. And Jermaine Kirsch just – he doesn't really go for the ball. And then I, I just don't like – I don't like his, his – his, he had attitude this game. He just didn't really care. Um, and I don't, I don't really like that. I've talked about Jermaine Kirsch. I like Jermaine Kirsch, you know, a lot. But this game, it just look, it looks like his time to the Jets is, is coming to an end. Whether he's cut this season, whether he's cut next year, I don't think he's going to be back on the team next year, which kind of sucks. But the Jets do need to build up a younger core of players around Sam Darnold anyway. Um, so yeah, bad decision from Darnold right there. Jordan Leggett was undoubtedly open on that play. Um, moving to the second st- or dud of the game for me is the offensive line, which we've been talking about for weeks. And I don't care about numbers and how much pressures they're allowing or not allowing. All this stuff we see it on film. I don't, you know, okay, okay, well, you know, oh, he he didn't get sacked this many times this game. He's least sacked quarterback. How much is that? It's him moving the the pocket and throwing balls away and doing all the things that he's doing. So, you know, film never, ever, ever lies to you. It will never lie. Stats always lie. It's you have to look at so many stats correctly to be able to really um, judge them well. Um, And this play, this is, this is Spencer long right here. This is a, this is just a power run um, where you have have Brian Winters pulling from the backside of the play. And if you look at the play, if, if number 93 here is not there, the outside is open. This is open. He could he could hit this, but the problem is it's the Jets. While you know not every single play they're having two three guys mess up like there are on some plays. There's there's a lot of plays where at least one guy is messing up really badly. And Spencer Long right here, he's just trying to keep ninety three the backside. All he really has to do on this play because the play is not going to his side is just hold him up for 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 a split second. I'm not going to blame that on Shell. Shell tries to help him, but the problem with Long is look at his technique. He's, he's ducking his head. He doesn't even know where 93 is. And what power are you going to generate from this? You're literally bending almost all the way over at your waist. You want to have, your, you want to have pretty much your shins aligned with your upper body and your forearms. So you want, your, you want to all be on one parallel line where your head is in line with your, with your ass you know, and your feet. And you want to be all in one straight line because that's how you're gener- generating the, the most possible power. Um, or even not for that power, you want to be able to just get in his way, but he's just ducking. He, he has no idea what's going on in this play. If you, if you see him penetrating up the field, just just take a more of a flat angle or even a more aggressive angle in the backfield, just get in his way, just trip him. Just just not like trip him, like throw your leg out. I'm, I'm talking about like literally just fall to his legs and like just get in his way, but because he can't even hold up his block for a quarter of a second, the play isn't able to, to develop, and, and Carroll gets chased around from the backside, which could potentially be a, a big gain. You know, he's going to have to beat number 44 right here, um, which I believe is, is uh, where I call him McMillan. Is he going to beat him or stiff arm him? Yeah, but he's not going to get tackled for a loss right here because Spencer Long, just, he, the guy blows from everything, from pass blocking to penalties, everything. He is gone this year. He is one of the worst signings the Jets have had in a while. He's making like $7 million this year. Um, he's just, he's been really, really just beyond the level of bad. He's, he's almost, he's almost worse than Wesley Johnson at this point. Wesley Johnson can at least snap a football. Like I'm being legitimately serious. I, I just, I, I rather have Wesley Johnson at this point, probably, even though yeah, realistically, I think that Long has a chance to bounce back at least slightly because he does have some talent. I saw it with the Redskins. It's not the same player he was with the Redskins. So I don't know what's happening, but damn, he just looks bad. And I, did, I honestly, just going into the season, I talk about the zone system and how you have to be more athletic in the zone system. The guy in, in with the Redskins, I actually, I'm going to see if I could, um, I don't know 
if I have this play of him, but I have a perfect, I remember I have a perfect play of him where it literally looks like he's, he's running in, in quicksand because he's just, okay. Yeah. On ready. I'm going to see if I could share this really quick um, because he just, he's so freaking slow. Like I noticed this in Washington. Look, I did a film review on him. I don't know if you guys follow me on Twitter, but this is what I do. I, I do player reviews on Twitter and they're just running outside zone. And look how freaking slow the guy. He just slow. It's just, he looks like he's not even moving. Like he, so I don't know why he was necessarily brought in an outside zone scheme. I don't love the fit. Um, so it was, a, it was a mistake to sign him at the beginning. If you really look at schematically and how he fits, it just doesn't fit with him in, in general. Um, and long right here, he's getting bullied again. He just, he, 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 he's dropping, he dropped back into, into, you know, where he's supposed to block. And it's just another, it's a TT stunt. And he doesn't mean he has no idea that that three tech from the left side of him is coming and he's not prepared for it. And he just gets bull rushed right back. Look at that. It's not, it's dude, he is bad. And it, it, the lack of base right here, the lack of power, he's not even moving his feet. Like he gets hit. And it might actually, you know what, now that I watch it, it's because he gets stepped on. So I am fair. He does get stepped on here, so he does get bullish because of that, because of that he's, he's getting stepped on, um, which I do like to mention because people get stepped on a lot more. So that does actually suck for him a little bit. So I'll, I'll retract that statement a little bit. Um, but Donald still has to get out of the pocket. And he actually throws a, you know, a good ball to Quincy Nolan, who makes a nice catch, who Noonwall played well. And I wanted to – Noonwall was – I like this play from Noonwall because Noonwall was actually just running um, – if if I forget what the I I think it was, it was either a an in or um just a just a shallow crossing route, but he was not supposed to run um a whip route right here, and he just noticed that Donald was scrambled scrambling out, and then adjusted his route, which is a good thing for him um to do you know to help Donald out, and then he makes a good catch. He doesn't get the first down here. I, I forget if this was third down or what it was. I think it might have been third down. Um, but Donald just did, he didn't have any he didn't have any help. I have a couple more plays of the offensive line um this game i gotta go back to my um the jets dolphins games had to just look through spencer long's crap um and i was on play 27 of the game i believe i just i just labeled this as long sucks i don't, I don't know uh, i guess i i want to bring up bring up multiple examples of just how bad um you know he he was. I, I actually have a lot. I, actually, a lot of it is long. I have a lot of offensive line plays. I have more than I even noticed just looking down at my notes right now. Um, and uh, this is so. This isn't even that really like that bad. The the number ninety three is penetrating hard up field, so he does run him out of the pocket right here. Um, but what I don't like about this play is keep the fight going, man. Why doesn't it stop? I do not like that. If you've been watching the show, I do not like players who give up. And once you run out of the pocket, you're not sure if Donald has thrown the ball yet. You don't know where he is. Why are you just why are you standing there flat-footed and just looking around? Stand number 93. That's your assignment right now. So I don't like I don't like that play from him. And then Donald eventually just has to get out of the pocket and he throws the ball away. So long, I'm just I am not a big fan of really anything he's doing. Actually, have two more plays um, just from him. You know, you know specifically this game, and this one is just a. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily need to bring this up, but just his bad snapping. Just look at that. <laughs> it's only a two-second video, but what is like Donald is? He's trying to look this ball in, but the ball is literally to the turf. So that that's taking. Like you know, how people say, "Oh, this, the the quarterback has to get rid of the ball within three seconds, four seconds." Usually it is, but it's usually like three seconds. This is taking away a good second of his drop back and him reading that defense. So you're 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 almost cutting it in thirds of what he's able to read. 
Um, so, and people say, like, I heard, I saw this whole Twitter fight, like, oh, well, what, what about pre-snap reads? If you think there's just pre-snap reads and no post-snap reads, you're an idiot. There, you, you have to correlate the two. You, you make the, the, the pre-snap reads to adjust your post-snap reads. So if you see cover three, okay, well, I see cover three, but now they're dropping, like, that, like I said, that safety into that, into that, you know, um, that safety into that, that Tampa two zone. Okay. Well now maybe that middle zone, that middle hook is a little bit more, is a little bit more deep. So now like maybe I can take advantage of that middle hook, you know, so like little, like little things like you have to read um, pre to post snap and he's just, he's taking away his time right here. Um, doing these type of things to, to Sam Darnold. Um, the next one from long, I'm not sure if it's another bad snap. If it's another bad snap. I'll just move on to the, to the next guy, unless it's the one, uh, I have Beecham in here too. So it's a, uh, uh, I know what this play is. This is this is necessary. Um, this is the worst snap of the game. Look, okay. I this almost looks like a Madden glitch. I don't play Madden anymore. I used to, but this almost looks like a glitch. How does this ball get so far? Broken finger or not, man? How does that happen? It's just not. It's literally not even close. Donald has to reach and jump for it, and then beat him because he just he gets he gets beat by the you know um. It's not, it's not even a club. It's just a it's like a swipe in, into a rip, um, and or chop. Sorry, it's like a it's like a chop into a rip, not a not a swipe, uh, chop into a rip, um, and he actually gets holding on this play. So Darnold actually gets rid of this ball. He picks up the ball, throws it out of bounds, and then it's, I think I believe it would be third and ten at this point. But hey, guess what? Not only is there two problems with the offensive line in this game, so Darnold already gets screwed this play. He gets the ball away. So, okay, whatever. You live to fight on the down. It's third and 10. Nope. Beecham got holding. So, it's like, okay, well, I just got shit on. And now I got shit on again because there's a holding even after a massive screw up where a play got taken away from me. Um, so, I, actually, that might have been that might have been first down that I'm looking at. But regardless of what down it is, um, yeah. So, it's just it's just it's so bad at this point. The offensive line is just so bad. Um, and I have two plays of, of Brandon Shell as well queued up right here. And he he's – Man, he's a he's an okay pass blocker, but his run blocking is is it's poor. It is. So people say, oh yeah, he's a franchise he's a franchise right tackle. He's a franchise right tackle if you're okay with a decent pass blocker and a piss poor run blocker the rest of the rest of Sam Donald's career, which I'm not okay with. And I've said it before. And for the people who are listening to just this, I do do quick uh, X's and O's, quick hits. It's with Scott Mason. That's on the play like a jet feed. Um, if you were if you just wanted to listen to like a quick like twenty to thirty minute review of the game. Um, I do that with him where there's no video, but he just kind of like almost like a quasi interviews me about the game and I talk about the game um, instead of going through the film. So if you want to listen to that as well, like I said, play like a jet, X's and those quick hits. I do that every single Tuesday. or I believe it comes out Tuesday or Wednesday every single week. Um, and I've talked about Shell. Listen, now in my perfect world, would I see a whole new offensive line from, from here to here next year, which I, you know, if you're not watching from left tackle to right tackle, every single one new. Yeah. Is that possible? No. Um, but I think they're all replaceable players. At the minimum, you have to get rid of this inside duo right here. This is this is the bare minimum you have to get rid of. Um, and I think and I and then you could pick your choosing between left tackle and right guard who has to go next. Um, Beecham, the problem with him is he's kind of like Shell, where he's an okay pass blocker but terrible run blocker. But the problem is kind of with quarterback, cornerback, outside linebacker, it's hard to find good ones. And he's okay, so it, it's hard to find even just okay left tackle. So you have to hold on to him until you have a better option. You can't just get rid of him. So, um, but at least these two guys in the middle with, with Carpenter and uh, Long need to go at this point. And, and Shell, like I said, though, talking about him now, 
he's just a bad run blocker, man. And and this play, again. So if you do listen to the, to that exercise and those quick hits, what what the good thing about an outside zone or zone running play in general is it gives you options where a man blocking scheme power, whatever it may be, you're designed. Okay, the the run is going into you know, the, the three gap for the running backs. Um, some people like to do it like so, like the center is zero, and then you'd have one, three, five, seven, the odds on the right, and then the – or you could do vice versa, and then this would be two, four, six, eight, you know. So you're going to hit that three, and and you just go through that to that three. So you hit it. You No matter, no matter what, you have to hit that three. Now, could you bounce it back if you have to? Yeah, you do. But the good thing with the zone is – most zone plays give you multiple multiple um, zones. So, like, let's say for for this, you know, is this a? Let me see if it's a lead mid zone. So, yeah, it looks like a lead mid zone. So, so what McGuire wants to do here, and what should happen is he's going to press this this hole. So, what he's going to do is is he's going to get to to Shell's hip, and then now if now if if the, if that hole is open, he's going to what is called a bang. He's going to bang it. So, which you know don't be freaking five-year-olds he's gonna bang that <laughs> never mind i'm not gonna say i'll say bang the hole uh, he's gonna bang the hole um i guess i'm a five-year-old still but if that's open he's gonna hit that hole okay but now if that hole is not open he's going to what's called bend so he's gonna bend it back to the to the to this gap so he has a three he's a three gap read so if that's not open he's gonna he's gonna or he can bend it he's gonna, he, he can bend it or bounce it but he's gonna look to this backside now if this now if this um, almost like four eye tech is playing hard to to this side. Okay, and now maybe you bend the run back into the B gap. Now if he now if this now if this gets filled by the linebacker, um, this linebacker if this B, this B gap gets filled and they're all crashing hard inside. Now he can he can bounce it outside. So that's that's a good thing with with the zone is it gives you multiple options where. Listen, like if if it's a power, okay, you have to win this hole. The offensive lineman have to win that hole. So they're gonna overcome. So they have to beat that that place. But with that zone, is okay. If that guy beats you, okay. Well, if he's playing hard outside, just kick him outside, and the running back will 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 will, will um will you know cut it back inside. But what Shell is doing here is he's not allowing McGuire to press that hole because he's getting pushed back so far. Where I see you want you you say you want to 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 press this gap. And then make your decision because shell is getting pushed so far back. And he's not creating push. He can't press that hole. If he presses that hole, he's running into everybody and he's, he, he's screwed. So what the bad offensive linemen are doing, especially with the tackles in this outside zone scheme and the tackles for the running are the most important thing on the outside zone. It, it is they, they, they are the most important. He's making him declare early. So now instead of giving him that, that opportunity to, be able to to bounce, bang, or bend, and so they're called the three options for for my, you know my terminology. Um, he's having to declare that that bend or bounce immediately as soon as he's getting he's getting the ball. He has to decide now. So now you're taking away the effect of effectiveness of a zone running play, in which he does decide to 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 um to bend the run back because you know it, it, he, he should, he's just smarter to do so because of of the um you know the he's actually like a six tech the six techs uh, tech or, you know, leverage. So he cuts the run back and he makes, you know, six yards out of what should be pretty much nothing. Um, good cutback right there. You know, good vision by McGuire. I thought McGuire looked good this game, but like I said, and I, you know, like I said, because I'm doing this alone, I can, I can explain to you things a little bit better. If I explain every play like this to you um, that I have in the game, it shows me five hours, but it is a benefit of, of meeting this alone where I can explain bounce, bend, bang, you know the 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 good things about a zone versus a man and this is you know 
honestly, I, I enjoy doing it because I, I learned a lot of this by myself. I, I researched a lot. I talked to a lot of people. And football is just great, man. But I, I need to see better football. I, I do. It's just week and week and week and week. And it's just I, I can't keep watching this. And uh, like I said, that's, that's a reason it's a bad play by Shell, it taking away the effectiveness, effectiveness of that um, zone running scheme. And it's another play of uh, Brandon Shell. He got beat for a two-stack scheme, a couple of pressures. And he just, he just getting – just beat up by by a guy like uh, Cameron Wake, who he's just getting beat up by all season. And the thing that I don't like about this 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 snap is one: what is he doing right there? If you if you're if you're watching the show long enough, you should be able to tell me some things at this point. So I could do it like Dora the Explorer, like okay, just leave some air, some blank airs time. You could tell me, oh yeah, he's ducking his head. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like I'm you know I'm just screwing out with you guys, but um he's he's ducking his head there, so he doesn't know where where Wake is going. And you're not generating the full force through your body because why? Because his spine and his heels aren't, they're not, he's not linked. Like I said, you want to be in one straight line for the most part. He's not in that straight line. Um, so it is bad technique, bad form to create power. And even from before that, the set that he takes is not good. Now, if you know it's, it's a, it's, it's, all, it's, it's, you're, if you're having problem, problems with Cameron Wake's speed, is the best thing to do a 45 degree set. No, and this is—it's almost like a forty-five-degree vertical. It's a little bit different of a like of a set where you have a jump set. Where jump set is more like okay, so he—if the balls get snapped, he's just going to attack. Let's say let's just let's just use this this um this four-eye tech for example. So a jump set would be he's going to attack him right off the ball. And the reason you do that is for a, qu- a quick play. Let's say a screen play, three-step drop. You don't want him to get into that passing lane, so you're not going to drop back and, and afford him that opportunity to get to that passing lane. So you have a jump set. You have a 45 degree set, which you're following my 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 um my arrow um, or my mouse or whatever. Um, a 45 degree set is more he's in, he's gonna break out, um, you know, just kind of more on like a, a angle towards the sideline instead of taking a vertical set, which is just dropping you know uh, around and and back here hard, which is usually for a five step seven step drop or even if you're struggling with speed, you know what? Take that th- take that vertical set. Make, either make him run through you or run around you. But running around you on a vertical on a vertical sets are difficult because you have to bend all the way around. So you better have some really good balance, which and, and power um, and fluidity, which Wake does. But he's he's making it too easy right here because he's taking that. He's taking that aggressive, more of aggressive 45 degree set instead of dropping back more where you're, you're cutting off your time. Now you're, you're dropping to here instead of dropping here and getting between him and, you know, Donald and Cameron Wake. So I don't like the set right there either. The ducking of the head doesn't get there quick enough. And Donald gets sacked because nobody's open. Just, just, there's nobody on this play. I watch it from other views and, um, you want to create that space that, that 45 degree set is, it could be, it's, it's more of like preference, um, now, if you're dealing with like a stronger guy, 45 degree sets could be for stronger guys. It could be for um, those quick throws as well. But if you're dealing with a stronger guy, you don't want him to, uh, to to build up a whole bunch of momentum. Now, if he's a little bit close right here and you know he's really strong, like a, like a guy like a Cleo Mack who can convert a lot of speed to power, you don't want him to get running full speed and then bull rush you in that vertical sex. He's going to blow you up back into the running back. Um but when you're dealing with Cameron Wick and his speed all day, you have to take that more of a vertical set. He doesn't do so. Don't want to get sacked. And, sacked. and this is not one of those plays where it's just like button hook, button hook, button hook, or just hook or curl or stop or whatever specifically it was. But there's just not a lot of creativity. 
um, other from this offensive line. Uh, Winters gave up two or three sacks by my count. He gave up uh, some pressures as well. Um, Beecham didn't play relatively well. I think the only guy who played it kind of well was Carpenter, but still he's just way too inconsistent to be considered bringing him um, you know, back this this next upcoming year uh, for the Jets. And this is another play where, um, let me say, uh, this is, I just, this is a, a lead mid zone. And I, I can just, the, so what I explained to you before with, um, with, uh, what is it called? Um, with Brandon Shell with that mid zone and, or that he, it's, it's, it's more of a mid zone. I would say it's more of a mid zone. Um, he's having to declare early which is fine. He does declare early, but it's just not good run blocking because look, and this is number 50. This is, I'm not sure if he's a defensive end on, on their team. Um, he looks relatively big for a linebacker, but he's still creating absolutely no push, which is making, um, you know, uh, making Crowell declare early and he has to hit this B gap, which is, you know, it's just, and, and also with that, he's declaring early and he, Beecham's not able to hold his block. He's not even able to kick out number 50 towards the sideline. And he just easily rips off to, rips off of him and grabs Crowell. So even even with giving him the shot to declare a hole when he wants to, he's making him declare early and he's he's getting ripped off the block. And this is um and it's just it's 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 not it's not good. It's not good football. It's just really it's just really not um at this point. And with that lead zone I talk about, it's just that it's that outside linebacker on this side. Um, where this would be like if so what they're doing with this with this linebacker in, in the lead zone is they're leaving him unblocked so for everybody on the offensive line he does not exist this defender is the responsibility of the fullback so everybody's going to block around him and the fullback's going to take him which is what happens so you know they're going to combo they're going to ace combo block him and then Carpenter's going to work up to the to the um, middle linebacker etc because he does not exist in this play other than to the fullback now if it was the opposite you know, okay, this would be a if they left him unblocked and it was the fullback's responsibility, it'd be a Mike zone. Um, if it was, you know, him, it would be a, a lead zone. If it was him, it would be a boss zone. If there was another, you know, um, if it was if now if they were running this way and it was they were reading it was this guy it would be it would be a Bob zone. It's just like there's a bunch of different things. Um, but yeah, it's just it's. It's not. It's just. Let's let's see what else I have from the from the offensive line. I put up some stats here. Um, the last four games, the Jets have not run one rushing touchdown, which is like almost re- like crazy that the, the Jets just can't get a rushing touchdown because of how bad. One is because of their field position. They're they're starting at their own twenty, like every single drive. Where it's not like, hey Sam, you know, which he's done before, um, or hasn't done before. Where okay, you give him the ball at the fifty, and he still doesn't score a touchdown because the offense is really bad, but. How many times can the kid start from his own ten yard line or twenty yard line? Hey, drive drive uh, eighty yards on the Vikings. Hey, drive eighty yards on the Bears. It's like, come on, man. So, um, they're not helping him at all. Um, the the running game is just abysmal. And four rush, uh, no rush touchdowns in four games is bad. Um, another stat: the Jets gave up forty one point nine percentage of pressure on Donald dropped back. So basically, every other time he snapped the ball, he was getting pressure in his face, which is crazy. Think about it. Every other drop back, he was getting nearly sacked or getting pressure in his face. Where he's not, he he's gonna get happy feet. There's just no way. Every other every other freaking drop back, that's crazy. So that's really bad. Um, and Rich Samini put this stat out. Uh, and with that stat, forty one point nine percent of Donald's drop back that he's pressured on. Miami came into Sunday with a twenty seventh rated or pressure rate. 
So they were 27th in the league in getting pressure on quarterbacks. This game, they got a pressure on every or every other dropback, which is just it's just I, I I don't I don't even I can't you can't even comprehend that. So people said, oh yeah, the offensive line, you know, it's it's bad run blocking, but good good pass blocking. We cannot disagree more. This is a bad offensive line. Now, is it Giants-level bad? People watch the Giants and be like, oh, it's not the Giants. See, the Jets are a lot better than that. But because you're, par- you're comparing the Jets to shit, is it still good? So because the Giants are so bad, does that make the Jets good? Or are they just a little bit better than one of the worst block- blocking teams I've, I've seen in a while? You know, like, so I, I hate that excuse. Oh, well, look at the Giants. Okay. Well, they might be 32. Maybe the Jets are 27. Like, who cares? We're both bad. Um, and, and, and this play with Cruel, like, look – just I'm just gonna play it and I'm gonna go to those other things. Like, look what running backs are having to do to create from them for themselves. They're just to create 12 yards. And Crowell does have inconsistent vision. I'm going to bring up a play of Crowell's inconsistent vision, but the, the running backs are just getting no help now. With this, um, my number that's my number two. I'm going a little bit off, but like I said, I can ramble, and I hope you guys enjoy listening to it. Cause I'm able to get a lot of feelings out. Um, the coaching. Number one dud. I, I, I was hoping that I woke up on Monday morning or Tuesday morning and the coaches were fired. Uh, I wasn't doing this show with you guys, but for the people who listen to Generation Radio, I was hoping I, I was hoping that um, Todd Bowles would be fired last year. I thought I thought McCagnan should be fired last year because I know Bowles gets more credit or less less uh, or sorry Bowles gets more heat than McCagnan does. But minus a few trades here and there, minus getting, okay, Brandon Marshall, getting Henry Anderson, getting Robbie Anderson, getting, um, you know, Brandon Shell in the fifth round, who's, uh, who's an okay to below average starter, which is good for a fifth round pick. Yes. But if you look um, at his draft classes and some of the, the contracts he's signed, um, he just hasn't been good. He hasn't even been okay. I would say he's below average. So, yeah, maybe he deserves a couple more years, but wouldn't you just rather start off from clean, clean slate? Give the give the new GM and the coach he wants to pick instead of forcing a coach onto the onto McCagnan next year, whatever it may be, and just start fresh. Because with McCagnan not, not drafting well, um, what has Bowles done to show? I'm I'm sure everybody's done with Bowles at this point. He needs to be fired. The the guy doesn't have it, and don't give me that stupid. I hate. And sometimes it, it just annoys me. People say, oh, well, you look at his face in the sideline. He's no different if he wins, no different if he loses. Who cares? Who the hell cares, guys? If he was winning, people would say, oh, look at his calm demeanor. He never changes in the face of pressure. It's just stupid. Who cares what his, what his face looks like? If he's a good coach, he's a good coach. I do not care about his personality. Does Bill Belichick have a good personality, guys? No. Who cares? Like It does not matter. Does everybody need to be Pete Carroll and Sean McVay all pumped up? No, if you win games, that's all I care about. So stop with this stupid freaking oh well, look at his look at his uh his freaking look at his personality. Like I, I I couldn't care any less. But even looking, you know, at at his at his draft, just really quickly, Leonard Williams, okay, that's a hit. Now he's not even a pro ball player. He, he he's or he's a closer pro ball player, so okay, you can consider that a hit. I, I think he's been a little disappointing so far through his Jets career. Yes, I have. Devin Smith, gone. Second round pick, Lorenzo Molden gone, Bryce Petty gone, Jarvis, Jarvis Harrison gone, Deion Simon gone. So out of his six picks in, in his first year, there's one on the team who's a sixth overall pick. You'd expect that. Um, his second year in 2016, Lee, he was really bad his first couple of years. This year he's playing okay, but he's okay at this point and just okay. 
Christian Hackenberg, gone. Jordan Jenkins, a decent starter, so I'll give him that. Justin Burris, gone. Brandon Shell starting right tackle, so I'll give him some credit for that. Blackland Edwards, a decent punter. Sharon Peak, special teams guy. So that's an okay draft. Um, last year, Jamal Adams, good pick. Marcus Mag, good pick. Ardarius Stewart, gone. Third-round pick, not even, didn't even make it into his second season. Fourth-round pick, Chad Hansen, gone. Not even, not, not even to his second team or second season. Jordan Leggett is whatever. Dylan Donahue is gone. Elijah McGuire is still here. Jeremy Clark's on the practice squad, I believe, and Derek Jones on the practice squad. Actually, Jeremy, Jeremy Clark not even, might not even be here, but just like goes with what I'm saying. Like His, his drafts haven't been good. Um, he misses on a lot of picks. He made some good decisions, but I'd rather just start clean. I, I just he hasn't shown me the roster development. And some people will say, okay, well, look, he's a hundred million dollars to spend this year. Is hundred million dollars necessarily a good thing? Yes, it's a good thing going into the year. But is it a good thing? Is it a, is it a good indicament? Or yeah, I guess that's the word um, of McCagnan. Now, if McCagnan was drafting better players, he would have to sign more contracts and bigger contracts. So that would, if he had less room, wouldn't that kind of indicate that he's having? Um, better drafts and he's signing better players yes it would because he'd be signing them to contracts and contract extensions so because he's drafting guys and he's not having to re-sign them he's getting money because these guys are getting freed up every year or he's having money because these guys are having to free up every year so there's the whole say oh well he, he always has space that's not necessarily a good thing guys you really just got to think about it um so but to keep going on sorry like i said a little bit i'm just going off a little bit about just random things because i'm talking to myself um, the Jets use their like just like simple things. The Jets use their third timeout or their their first timeout three plays into the second half. You're going to need those timeouts later in the game. It's a closer game, and three plays into it, you're using a timeout. So that's bad. We've seen Todd Bowles do that plenty over his over his you know over his years where the Jets will be in a close game situation at the end of the game. And the Jets have no timeouts or one timeout because they're blowing timeouts in the second quarter or two timeouts in the third quarter in, in not a situation where you should be using timeouts. Um, also the decision with, with Todd Bowles to go for it with two minutes and 30 seconds left in the game. Listen, there's been many times where, the, where people have criticized Bowles for, for not going for it. So I'm not just, I'm not just jumping on either side of, of the argument um, to go against Todd Bowles. Now, should you go for it when you're down two scores with three minutes left in the game? Um, yes, obviously, because there's only two minutes in the game, so you should go for it because you, you only have time for two drives at the, at the maximum. But with two minutes and 30 seconds left when you're down six points, when it's fourth and, what, 13 on your 40-yard line and you haven't picked up more than freaking like, like five yards on every single play of the game, on the, in the game, fourth and 13 or whatever it was, you think you're going to get it? No, punt the ball to the Miami Dolphins' 20-yard line, stop them three times, and get the ball back. You know, hopefully at the four, you know 30, 40, 50 yard line, um, and you're you're back at first down. But no, he doesn't do that. He punts the ball, and I I, I think it's because he's lost. I, people say, oh, well, maybe he's sticking it to Jets fans. So they always tell him he doesn't care about Jets fans. It is not his, his 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 primary concern is his job. If you think he cares about Jets fans, you're lost. The guy just ha- the guy is lost. He has no clue what he's doing. He has no situational awareness. He has no game management skills. He blows timeouts. I, I don't know if that's Donald or them getting calls in late, but regardless, it has to get it fixed. Timeouts. Um, the way he handles the locker room at times, which is supposed to be this disciplinarian. And we had Wilkerson missing meetings and not showing up at, at games, and he would bench him for a quarter. Oh, my God, bench him for a quarter. I'm sure Wilkerson's so pissed after he missed all those meetings and all that stuff. He probably freaking – the guys are probably laughing at him, guys like him and Sheldon Richardson. So he's a fake disciplinarian. He's not a good coach. He's terrible. He, he needs to go. The Jets, no matter how good this roster gets and no matter, and no matter how good Donald gets, I, I do not see them winning anything with Bulls. I really don't. 
uh, regardless of talent. He's just he he needs to go this year. And I'm, I'm I was just praying to God that he was fired before the year. He wasn't. So now Sam Darnold's first year in this offense was a waste. It's not a waste because he gets that he gets to develop and he gets to see defenses. But now next year, most likely, he's going to learn a completely new offensive system. And if they do decide to keep them both, then you're just wasting a whole other year of not of not growing him because Bates and Bowles and these guys are not going to be here in a couple of years. I, I, I severely doubt it. I bet a lot of money, unless the Jets brass is just that stupid, um, you know, being Woody Johnson and his brother or whatever his name is, something Johnson. Um, the fact that they didn't bench long in this game. After you see 10 bad snaps, bad snap after bad snap after bad snap after bad snap after bad snap, and you know it's hurting Donald, why is he not sitting his ass on the bench? Put Jarvis Harrison in there. He's not going to get Sam Darnold killed. So why, so why did Spencer Long continue to play, play, after play, after play, after play, after play, um, when he was, just, he was just beyond bad? So you have, to have that, you have to have that mindset, okay, he's playing like shit. I'm going to bench him. And, and they just never did it. And it's just, it was, it was beyond confusing. I was sitting there on my couch like, dude, what are they doing? I had no idea. Um, so that was beyond bad. The fact that they came into this game and put up six points, just overall from a coaching standpoint with, with, with Jeremy Bates. And I like Morton. And people say, oh, well, Morton didn't run the ball enough. I think that's a bunch of bullshit too. Because John Morton created with this offense if you if you go back into I'm going to look up the Jets 2017 schedule because with the talent he had on this team last year he put up plenty of points a decent amount of last year he put up enough points to win um at least at least you know in in my um for for a reason it's taking me back to 2000 um let me see um so let's see 2017 schedule it's loading right now my phone um they put up 28 points versus the um, the Dolphins. They put up 34 points versus the Bills. They put up thir- uh, 27 points versus the Panthers. Have a good defense. They put up 38 points versus the 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 Chiefs. You know they put up 19 versus the the the, the Saints. So they had some bad games like seven versus the Chargers and all that stuff. But I, I I liked his offense. I liked what he did. I thought he was creative. He got a lot out of Josh McCown. He almost had 2,000 yard receivers being Robbie Anderson if he didn't get injured, or if not if he didn't get injured if if, if uh, Josh McCown didn't get injured, and Jermaine Curse almost had a thousand yards. They were creating. What's happening to those guys this year? They're non-existent. Um, how many times this game did we see the Jets take a deep shot? How many times have I talked about that? Listen, even if Sam Donald can't hit on that deep shot, you can't let the Dolphins just comfortably play intermediate zones and not have to worry about deep threat. You have a guy like Rob Anderson just chuck the ball up to him once or twice. I know it sounds kind of almost silly, but it opens up a defense. You have to do that, even if it even if it's not even if it doesn't catch the ball. Um, like I said, it's opening up that defense. And how many times are pass interference called in, in this league? Hope for a pass interference. Like, do something. You can't keep throwing five-yard hitches and expect, to, and expect the offense to move down the field on really any defense. So the, the, the fact that they put up six points versus a Dolphins deep defense who was 31st in, in run defense and 26th in the pass coming to this game, it just, it's, just, it's, it's, it's sad. It's sad at this point how bad this offense is. It really is that bad. Um, and I just I, I I don't get it. They need to they need to be gone. Um, and this is a stat from why is why is Chris Herndon not playing more? Um, and it's just the the guy is playing well um, via our, our guy turn turn on the Jets. Uh, Michael Nani, he does a lot. He's a he's just a stats nerd. I'll be honest. He just he sits he does stats all day. That's all he does. Um, over the last, um, I think it's three weeks or four. I think it's the last three or four weeks before this game or after this game. But he's 11th in catches. He has 11 catches with 12th out of tight ends in the league. 
His 176 yards is eighth in the league. He has three touchdowns, which is second in the league. He has 11 yards per target, which is first out of 30 tight ends with 10-plus targets. He has 16 yards per receptions, which is fourth out of 30 tight ends. And he's only playing, like I, I believe it's like mid-40% of the snaps. Why, is guy, why are guys like Leggett getting targets? Why are guys like Neil Sterling when he's in get, getting targets over him? Why are guys like Tomlinson getting targets over him? It's just he needs to get targeted more. I don't get why he's not playing more. Um, now, with like Tomlinson, he's a better blocker, so I get it. And even Leggett has been a better blocker to this point. But they, they need to play Herndon a little bit more. He's going to be like leading this team in freaking catches and stuff, which is probably ridiculous. I think it's probably going to be a noon while when all is said and done. But he's still pretty far up there. Um, and then on top of all this crap, you have players getting really, really frustrated. Robbie Anderson, quote, I feel like we have a lot better – or I, I, sorry, I feel like we have a lot of talent on offense that we're not capitalizing and using each other in ways um, that we can use our, use our and talent and skill to our advantage. That's a direct quote from him, so he screwed up a little bit there. And then he also said, we're having an issue getting down the field. I feel like we're stuck, that we're limited. Things, things aren't flowing. It's tough at this point in the season. We should be solving um, the issue and it's hurting us so he's like questioning the offense he's questioning what they're doing I'm sure they have faith in Darnold. I see that they, they I understand that they know that he's going to struggle and they've seen enough of him to know he's going to be a good quarterback I still do think he's going to be a good quarterback they're, they're clearly getting frustrating with the team the coaches Jamal Adams says he's sick of looting he was tired of losing he was frustrated after the game visibly you had guys like um you know not Daryl Roberts, um, Andre Roberts coming out and saying they were frustrated and, and, and criticizing the coaching after this game. And like I said, Bates runs those different concepts. Like I wrote down here, Y, Cross, Stick, Spot, Sale, Pole, Hoss, Panther, Crease, Mills, Yankee. But the problem is he runs a, cripple, a crap load of just stick routes, which stick routes just, okay, get to the first down turnaround. That's all it really is, or get to this landmark turnaround. Um, and they're doing a ton of that. Um, another play that I didn't like this game from this coach, and I'll bring up a lot of the coaching because it really was that bad this game. Um, the end around to Robbie Anderson that went for one yard. Why are you running end arounds to a guy who cannot run with the ball after the catch? He cannot break tackles. It, on, on his profile, it says he's 185, 190 pounds. I'm telling you, no way he is, he is 185 pounds or 195 pounds. I'm 185 pounds. There's, there's literally no way. He's 165 pounds, 170 pounds maximum. He cannot break tackles. And people say, I remember before the season, people would be like, oh, well, why not get Robbie Anderson the ball with more yak opportunities? The people who are correlating that is saying, okay, well, four, three speeds, he, he can run fast. He can get away from people. The NFL is about shiftiness, elusiveness, being able to break and cut. Um, and avoid tacklers, um, and he cannot do that. He cannot outrun guys like that in the NFL. Now, one-on-one route down the field on the nine route, yeah, sure, that works. But the fact that you're giving him the ball in end rounds instead of a guy like an Elijah McGuire or Crowell or even Curse or even, you know, obviously Anunwa is the obvious answer. You know, why is Robbie Anderson getting the ball when he's expected to break tackles? He cannot do it. He does not break tackles. I never see him break tackles, ever. How many times does he either run out of bounds it's, it'll be, he'll be running the ball in second and 10. He'll be a yard away from the first down, and he'll either he'll, he'll just duck out of bounds because he doesn't want to get hit, or he'll get tackled because he's he just so freaking skinny he can't break a tackle from a guy who's 220 pounds. He just can't do it. So that's, that's a freaking coaching mistake right there. Don't run him on end arounds. He cannot run. So it's just stupid things that we see every single week from this coaching staff, and it's been week after week after week. If it's not Bulls, it's Bates, and it's been years of this crap. 
and and Bates is different. I, I don't like Bates. I used to be in the season. I thought he was doing some things, getting getting Donald on play action, but then the problem was he was running so much play action sale concepts and boot boot action sale concepts that the team, that teams picked up on it. He's not creative. There's a reason that he was out of the league for seven, eight years, and nobody really was, was coming after him. You don't, oh, well, he, he wasn't going to come back. Yeah, I'm sure if the Patriots or the Packers or any one of these good teams offered him a job, he probably would have taken it minus his big hike through wherever. Um, he's a bad offensive coordinator. There's a reason out of the league. When he was with the Seahawks, I believe it was like 2008 or whatever it was, there was a reason they were one of the, the worst offenses in the league, and he got fired. He's not a good offensive coordinator at this point. He's not helping Sam Darnold. On top of him, you have you have an outside zone running scheme, a team that doesn't fit outside zone. You have a bad offensive line. You have okay weapons at best. You have no real running backs at this point. Bilal Powell going down sucks, but Crowell isn't a lead back. And neither is Elijah McGuire. You don't have great playmakers there. So this this offense it just has a litany of problems at this point. So sorry for going off a little bit, even though I don't really care um, because that's what I'm here to do. People are here to listen. Um, going on to the studs from this game. Now, this was a tale of two halves. So the fact that the offense was so bad – oh, sorry. I, I, I blanked out a little bit there. I have a couple plays from that from that coaching debacle, um, you know, th- this week. And this was the first one I brought up. Um, and this is the play that a lot of people are talking about on Twitter. This will talk about, like, you have, you have two out routes and then, you know, just, just hooks. Top of the screen. Stop, stop. You have uh, Herndon, who's not running in, just another stop route. He's breaking inward stop route. So you have stop, 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 and like an out stop and another out. Like, what, where is he supposed to throw the ball right here? Now, maybe he could throw it to Anderson really quickly right there, but then still it's only going for four yards. Or he can maybe throw it to Herndon for, for you know, four or five yards. But, like, this is the offense that we're, that we're, we're giving this guy. Like, what, where is the creativity in here? There's no, there's no, there's no bunch, there's no bunch for um, formation. There's no crossers. There's, there's no um, rub routes. There's no clear out routes. You're just isolating guys and one-on-one with guys who can't win one-on-one for the most part. Um, so it's just the, the lack of creativity is just so bad. And then Don gets sacked because he's nowhere to go. He's trying to read the field because, because um, Brian Winter's right here. Because his base is so freaking wide, and it looks like he doesn't have a lot of bend in his knees, he gets bull rushed back into Donald, and Donald gets sacked. It's just like, it's just he. Uh, it's really frustrating. It's it's hard to watch a rookie quarterback going through this because he's not getting any help from his team. He's really he's just not. Um, and going on to the next play of the Jets' offense, and uh, like man, like this. So, just the simplicity of this offense from the from the top, you have. You have, and people, if you listen to a lot of people say, oh, the lack of creativity, but they can't tell you why or what the Jets are running or anything like that. They just say it because they hear it repeated, but I'm actually bringing up examples of this. He has a flat route, a hook, and a hook. Like, wow, that's really creative. There's no, there's no scissors. There's no levels. There's no in and, there's no in and out. There's no um, smash. There's no nothing. It's just two, two, um, you know, hooks and and a flat. And you have the most simple concept, which is a slant flat concept, which is pretty easy to defend. And good thing by Robbie Anderson here, because Anderson notices this happening and he's supposed to run a slant right here, but he's sitting down in this because he knows he's gonna get blasted. And he actually ends up running for for a first down right here. Um, but like you have hook, hook, flat, and a, and, a, and a slant flat constantly. That's that's the best you can think of. Like, I'm not even kidding when I can think of this stuff, I can think of this stuff. It's really, he's, what I what I should be seeing from this offense, I, I'm I'm gonna be like kind of I'm gonna put myself down here a little bit. Is listen, I think I know a decent amount about football, but I should be seeing stuff like I see from Matt Nagy 
or guys like Andy Reid or guys like, you know, Shanahan or Sean McVay or Bill Belichick, where I watch their games, I'm like, I don't even know what this concept is called. Like, I would like to watch a Jets game and not know what they're doing for once. Like, oh, I know this concept. Oh, I know this concept. Oh, I know what they're trying to do here. Oh, it's an in-and-out read. Oh, it's a high lower deck. I would like be like, huh, I wonder what the read was here, and I wonder what they're trying to do on this one, and have to dissect it. But they're so freaking simple. It's like watching elementary football. They're playing a different game than these guys are playing. Like, I'm sure if you guys watch the other games on Sundays and you watch like the – the Packers and Patriots and the Packers got beat up pretty good. If you watch, like, let's say the Rams and the and the uh, Saints, like, this is this is a different sport right now that people are playing. Like the Jets don't even look like they belong. Um, what you wanted this year, you want to see the Jets seven and nine and working their way up with with better coaching and things like that. But it's just not happening, and they need to blow it up. They they really really do. Um, and this is uh, let's see. Uh, I think this is the same concept. This is another one where they're just going to run a bunch of freaking stop routes or curl routes or hooks or whatever. Look, uh, okay, well, no, this isn't actually this is not not it actually. They do this they do this concept a lot, where they're trying to pull out this linebacker in the middle and then run ins. Um, and even if that that inside in isn't taking it away, they're trying to isolate that outside in. Um, but they ran this this play a lot with with the three receiver sets. They started to pick up on it, and Donald again, he really doesn't have anywhere to go unless he wants to. Fire that in there, which he which he can, but the problem the problem is it's it's, it's not that tight of a window. He probably actually could have thrown it in, but I remember just seeing this concept over and over again. But he has to force the ball to Anunwa because look, he's getting rocked because look what happens again. Beecham gets beat, and he fires into Anunwa, who makes a fantastic, just absolutely fantastic catch because. Um, he's getting rushed, and I understand, like, yeah, you might want to see him throw the middle of that field, but he's, he's getting a little pocket shot, and you don't want him to start seeing ghosts because quarterbacks cannot fix that. Um, it's hard for them to start to, to, to uh, see ghosts and, and then get comfortable in pockets. So the Jets need to heavily, heavily, more than anything, address this offensive line to, to make Sam Darnold feel comfortable. The, running, the, the offensive line in the running game has to be addressed. They have to give him – Second and five, second and six is third and twos. He cannot keep working from second and 12, third and eight, third and nine, third and 10 with no running game. And with pressure in his face, he's, they're going, they're go, I'm, I'll repeat, they're going to ruin him. I'm, I'm not just being dramatic. They're going to ruin this kid. Um, and Beecham just gets beat again and he gets rocked again. He's getting beat up this game. Uh, thank God for Newell making a great catch, but man, I, I'm almost happy he's sitting out this 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 week. Like, well, I'm not happy. That's that's a lie. But he needs to get some rest. This these, this offensive line is just abusing the kid. Um, moving on to the to the studs, um, the the defense, the defense as as a whole um, was a stud. My the number um, three stud for for me was Leonard Williams. I think I think he had a pretty damn good game um, on this play. And let me see uh, exactly what happens here because I don't remember every, every single thing I queue up. Um, so he is the – he's a slant – I'm going to call him a slanted one. So the difference between a one – let me just make a one is like head up here and his feet are parallel. But the sl- he, he's slanted here. So he's really going to try to penetrate that gap quickly. Um, he's closing off his his body to the, to this defender. He's going to try to combo block him, I believe. Okay, so he doesn't. But still, he's slanted, but he still actually has quick – he has lateral quickness enough to – he's going to try to penetrate here, but he actually has to readjust his body to go here. So it's actually not the best technique, technique pre-snap based on the play. He doesn't know what the play is coming. Um, but he still has that lateral quickness to to fight through that A-gap. He, he, he gets to that, that place, that A-gap. He, he fights through with that rip right there and just shows that technique and power. And he grabs Frank Gore with with one arm, 
and he, and he drags him down for a loss. That's just a freaking. That's just a great play from from Leonard Williams right there. I don't want to spend too too long on the studs today because I the game was just so bad. I'm like almost in a negative mood. Uh, it was just so it was just so bad. But hey, positive thing is for the people who say I shouldn't bet anymore. I or, or do whatever. I actually bet. Like some like a parlay with one team who's a pretty easy. I did a parlay with the Tennessee Titans and over, which is like three, plus three seventy five odds. I actually, won a hundred some bucks. So appreciate that, Titans. Thank you for beating the Cowboys. Um, and so where is Leonard Williams here? So he is call him a three or almost a two. I call him more. He's he's a three. Uh, that's how I would just um, you know um, label it. And good technique here. He 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 sees a combo block coming. So instead of instead of attacking a pine, attacking the one guy. He's getting his body onto uh, he now he could just split these guys, but what he's doing is he's taking himself just completely away from number seventy eight right here, and he's dropping his knee too, which that that knee drop is important because he's almost like a dead fish at this point. And if like anybody's ever trying to lift up like anybody who's like not like not flailing, if somebody ever trying to lift up somebody who's like a dead fish who's just a dead weight, it's really hard. That's kind of what he's he's doing right here. So he's hard to move, dropping that that one the center center of gravity and two kind of just like a like a dead weight and then he sheds that block of 62 and he makes a block of gore so the people oh he can't beat double teams well he just beat this double team pretty pretty well here now can he consistently beat double teams as much as i like to see him do it no but he can do it but it's hard he, he needs talent around him he needs a pass rusher because he does get he does get a lot of attention um on this team you know undoubtedly so good play from him there um my next uh stud of the game is jamal adams uh he had a he had a bounce back game this week the last like two weeks he was not as good um but he had some nice plays in coverage which he just locked down the guy i'm not going to show that but uh the dude is just smart and he a lot of times you see that these receivers are, are going to try to come in and crack block him or just get in his way and as soon as that that Amandola starts coming down. He seems to start creeping up to the line of scrimmage. And look how like just well he times his snap right here. The, the running back has no chance. He just he's so instinctive. He's such a great athlete. He's a, he's he's become a better tackler. I think he still needs to work on his form at times. Um, but overall, I think he's he's become a better tackler, more consistent tackler. Um, but just the way he crashes in there and, and fires in there is just impressive. He just makes hell of a lot of plays. Um, you know, every single game. And I think this guy will be. You know that Pro Bowl. Uh, he's gonna be in the, in the Pro Bowl this year. And I think he's gonna keep um, growing. He's fantastic in the run game. He has to improve in the pass game still. He's an okay guy in pass coverage. Uh, he still has some room to work with on technique. And if you've been watching the show, you know you know what we're talking about. So I'm not going to go over it. But some of his back pedals and the the way he attacks guys is a little bit flawed at times. Um, but so they're running. Okay, so this is this is an inverted uh, inverted veer split. So a regular veer would be the the this well it's a, it's a wildcat but it still is an inverted veer. Now if the running back who's who's potentially get the handoff going to come from here and attack this a gap or b gap and then the running back was to keep it and go outside, then it would just be called a regular veer. But because the the quarterback is going inside and the are the I'll call him the quarterback for now, but the, the quarterback is is riding him outside and. The, the running back's pad is outside here, and his option is inside. That's an inverted veer. So this is a, this is an inside. This is a um, inverted veer split, and he decides to keep the ball. And uh, Jamal Adams again, he he he's attacking that B gap so quickly that the left tackle has no chance to get a hand on him really, and he just uh, just penetrates that backside B gap and makes a tackle on um, number twenty seven, which is Drake right here. So. His recognition of this play as as soon as I'm gonna say exactly I'm gonna try to see it in fast motion when he sees that. 
well, he probably he's, he's obviously no, he's alerted to the fact that it's Wildcats and knows it's most likely going to be a run. So that's probably why he's a little bit more aggressive here, even though he usually is aggressive. But as soon as he sees that flow start going away from him, he's just going to attack that gap. That's exactly what it does. Boom, tackle for for Adams. So um, he's definitely been impressive. I got, I got a couple more plays of uh, Mr. Jamal right here, and he's getting a little bit frustrated right now, which is frustrating for me to see because he's our he's the best player on the team right now. Um, so you don't need to keep guys like that happy. You, you, you really do. Um, and what I like about this play is it's actually just a swing route to the, to the running back right here. And, um, what I like about Donald, uh, not Donald, um, Adams on this play is the smart thing about him is instead of attacking aggressively down here, you're giving, um, Gore a cutback option, even though Darren Lee is coming from here. What he's doing is he's using the sideline right here. So you can see he's closing off his body. So he's not going to be able to cut back inside. So he's only have to beat him up the sideline right here. And you're using the sideline as an extra defender. We've talked about that a lot. So he's using that, um, extra defender right there with the sideline. Um, and you can see the respect here too, where Frank, I think Frank Gore, like before this game, he like came out and said he respects Jamal Adams a lot and respects his game. You can see the respect right there, which from a guy like, uh, Frank Gore, you know, it means a lot. He's, he's a hall of fame running back when, he, when it's all said and done, at least in my opinion, the guy's been so consistent for, you know, 47 years now. So, um, yeah, uh, another play. Well, I have two more plays of Darnold. Um, and let's see here. Um, 19. So it's actually the next play. Oh, this is this is just a play where he's getting a he's getting a pass deflection. Um, and well, let me see what the defense is right here. Uh, this is a cover. It's a cover three. They're they're blitzing, but it's a cover three. And Lee right here is he's he's just not he's not quick enough to get out to that flat right there. Um, now he needs to recognize this like clear out route better. This is this is this is going to be the read right away. You can see how, how Brock Osweiler, um, you know, automatically reads. Um, you know, the, the running back right there. But Lee needs to have awareness of this clear-out route. And if if, you, if, the, if this is your responsibility and you know that Adams is going to blitz, cheat out a little bit more. Play right here. You don't have to disguise it this hard. So play out a little bit more right here. But because he's playing so far inside, he's having to work through this clear-out route. Um, and it would have been a touchdown if you watch this play. If the, ball, if the ball is completed right here, nobody's catching up to Drake. Drake is – I think it's Drake is 32. Or maybe – I said Drake is 27. Whoever's 32 and 27, whoever this is, number 32, which I think actually might be Drake, he's, he's, he's going to beat Lee right here. He's going to catch the ball and he's going to run around him for, for a touchdown. Um, but Joel Adams times the snap super, super well if you watch it here. Look at that. He's, the, the guy is a freaking rocket off the edge. He really is, looks like a rocket. He looks like he's moving at a different speed than everybody else. Gets his hands up in the passing lane, pass deflection, saves a touchdown right there. Um, so the, he, he definitely balled out this game. Um, one more play of um, Jamal Adams. Let's see. This is Jamal Adams and uh, Avery Williamson actually to make a combo. I just got a combo tackle. So they both done in the tackle here. And again, it's Jamal Adams firing from the backside. He's timing up the snap really, really well. It's like the same play as before. They were running like that, that inside zone with that, uh, with that blocker trying to just get in Jamal Adams' way. And Jamal Adams just fires inside again, and he makes a tackle. And um, Avery Williamson right here also penetrates and, and makes the tackle. Right, you see him from right here. He just finds the, the ball carrier and makes a tackle. So he had, he had a good game. Um, my number one stud of the game is uh, Jordan Jenkins. Um, Five tackles, two sacks, tw uh, two quarterback hits. I think he played really, really well. And this is something I literally said last week to you guys, if you listen every week. I said that Jordan Jenkins is having a better year than people realize now. Is he an all-star, you know, strong outside linebacker? No, but he's he's been he's been solid this year. I, I like his play this year. I think this is definitely his best year um, in the league. 
and this is so he pulls this club so club right there with that with that inside arm so he's clubbing the he's clubbing the back into an arm over so it's club arm over that's pretty simple now if he was to i'm trying to see from where i can think of it from this angle um now if he was to to grab this back shoulder and then pull him pull his other armor over that will call it more of a swim move i differentiate a little bit between cl- with with a with a club and an arm over so usually with if this is like a swim you'd see him you'd see him attack a little bit of hesitation you'd see this outside arm chop down his th- this uh, right tackle's arms he would grab with this right with this right arm or right uh, hand onto the back of his of the right tackle's jersey and then pull himself through and over. So I call that more of a swim where this is just a club into an arm over. So it's a little bit different. People, some people don't differentiate, but I personally do. So club arm over, and what he does after that is he gets his you know hands prepared right here to not let not the, the right guard after beating the, the right tackle get into him, which he does well, and then he almost throws like another one of those like it's not a club but it's almost like a like a chop right there you see with that if you look at if you look like really subtly if you see jordan jenkins is outside arm he chops that arm down or the he chops with jordan jenkins, jordan jenkins left arm chops the right guards right arm you see it right there how it goes down right there which which frees up his his body to allow that rip to come through he rips through and then nice bend He's a nice bend. Look, he's almost like he's 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 nice bend to him right there. He's not standing straight up. Nice power to fight through. So he, he throws a club arm over into into a into a chop rip, into a bend, into power, into a sack. So that was a nice freaking play from Jordan Jenkins. That was that was that's an A plus play right there. Technique, power, bend. Really, really nice play. I like I like to see that. Um good pass rushing is something the Jets need, and that was that was good. Um this one I labeled as a swipe rip. Let's see it here. He is on the um, – he's right here. He's like the seven, call him a seven um, technique. And, again, it's, 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 not, it's, it's, almost like, it's almost a swipe. It's not even really a swipe. All he's really doing is grabbing the hands. He's playing patty cake right here. So he's allowing that rip to come through. And as soon as his hips get even, you see his hips are even right there, which is when you want to throw that rip. You throw the rip too early, you get tied up. But his hips are even. So he keeps so with that with that double hands right there, he's keeping the the right tackle off of his body, which allows his his, his body to be free. Obviously, if you if your hands on, it's gonna be harder to move around. So he keeps his his body clean right here, and as soon as he's even, he rips and he rips and he and he gets another sack on uh, Brock Osweiler. So hell will play by Jordan Jenkins right there again, um, keeping himself clean, throwing a rip. So I, I liked his game. Um, this game for sure, getting two sacks and perfect timing after a week. I said that he played uh, better than people realize, or he's been playing better than people realize. Um, next, pl- next um, segment or whatever is uh, bad from the offense. Uh, just let's see it, Paul. I'm gonna queue up this play really quick. So I talked about it. I'll be up. Um, I, I I said before I think Jermaine Curse had a had a bad game. Um, this game where. He looked lackluster. He had two or three drops. He like last week. He didn't attack the ball. Um, I believe. Let me see. What is this? The okay. Oh well, no. This is so he. They're just running another slant flat, or not even a slant flat. It's just a flat, a flat seven. Yeah, it's a flat seven. This is a seven route. Um. It, so back in the days when they didn't have a lot of routes, that's why you call them like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 
um, because I had so few routes where now people don't really use a lot of route trees because there's like a thousand different routes you've heard me talk about. So nine is not enough routes. Um, but usually, you know, you have the nine route and then everything working correspondingly back to the line of scrimmage, breaking outside um, towards the sideline is the odd numbers breaking inside is the, the even numbers. So like a post is an eight, you know, a, a seven is a, is a, um, you know, it's a corner, things like that. So you, people call this like a flat, you can call this a, you know, a flat seven people re- refer to it as, and Jermaine curse on top of the screen here, he's breaking out to the flat and he says literally no awareness of where he is. He's a smarter player than this. He just, he's just not giving his, his maximum effort right here. He just really does not care at this point. And he takes what could be, you know, at the minimum, a five-yard gain potentially if he plays this better, almost, you know, a first down. Um, and he just runs. He, look how far he's out of bounds when he catches this ball. It was almost like a joke. It's, it's You're not even close. And it's not like throwing through a bad ball where you had to get out of bounds for this. So lack of awareness, lackluster game. Uh, this is the first time I've seen Curse look like this. And it's been two games in a row now. So I think he's starting to lose a little bit. Um, other than that, the fact that the Jets were two for 13 on third down, it's been like every week, like the last three weeks, or not every week, the last three weeks, doesn't make sense. Like the last three weeks, like two for 13, three for 15, four for 12, like the Jets' third down percentage is, is laughable. Um, so they need to fix that. And then Crowell, I just wanted to show some of the inconsistent vision that I that I mentioned because um, it is inconsistent. It just, he, there's plays where he plays really well and there's plays where he doesn't, which is, you know, hence the inconsistency. Um and on this play, it's just, uh, I would call this a, it's an inside zone or even a tight zone um, where like an inside zone, like the aiming point is here, tight zone here, belly zone is almost like the backside where they bounce, bounce, bang, bend options are more going to be on the bounce, uh, backside. This is, this is a call it, call it tight zone, um, inside zone if you want. And so he presses the hole right here, which is good. Like you, you need to come off the ball and press the hole right here. But he needs to have a better awareness right here, where you, you you could see you could see 75 right here crashing down. He needs to see this, and he needs to press this hole and bounce outside right here. He needs to bounce through this B gap. But instead of if you look, it's like I'm not I'm not like I'm not, like I guess you are technically Monday morning quarterbacking it, but this this should have been better. He should have he should have pressed this a little bit more wide, waited for 32 to clear, then put his head down if he had to. Um, but he declares really early and just sticks to it where this is, this is pretty open. Now maybe 97 tackles him for only two, three yards, but it's better than no yards. Or even if he doesn't tackle him because winters is somewhat in the way, um, maybe he can, he can get this outside. It could be a big game. And it's a one-on-one versus him and uh, whatever safety that is right there. So inconsistent vision from Carell right there. And we see that. So pairing inconsistent vision with a bad offensive line with lack of playmakers, with bad offensive coaching, with bad coaching in general, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a shit stew right now. <laughs> really, it is what it is. Um, bad from the defense. Um, I think Claiborne and, and Roberts had a couple bad plays that, you know, me, me and Marcus like to go, or myself and Marcus, or Marcus and I, whatever you want to say, like to go over, um, you know, corners a lot. And, and I think Claiborne has been a little bit worse than people think he's been. Um, this year, I think he's been bailed out by a lot of drops that we've shown a lot of blown um, – you know, just blown routes or whatever, um, bad balls from the quarterback. And um, let's see, he's always, he's on the inside slot right here versus uh, Kenny Stills, and he gets he gets this is I think this is no not Kenny Stills sorry that's that, that's Danny Amendola. So it's a bad play, and if you've been watching this, you know you know why. Now, yeah, they're playing at different levels, but what is he doing right there? 
people know this by now. He's, he's opening up his, the gate immediately. So you're giving him this. You're absolutely giving him this. Now, it's, it's, a, is it a cover? it's a cover one. So if anything, cheat a little bit outside and funnel him into the, to, into the, safe, into the uh, safety. You don't have help out here. So when you're, when you're automatically opening your hips outside like that, you're, you're opening that gate. You're giving him the outside. You have no help out here. So the fact that he's opening his, his gate, allowing him the outside, He's not going to be able to make a play on this ball, um, which, which he doesn't, uh, and he gets beat badly. And this is another thing that pissed me off too. When you're beat, you do not look back to the ball because you're losing your path towards the receiver. So if, you, if, if the ball is already to be released here, he, he gets the ball and just runs up for a touchdown. Um, but now if he was to just follow through the ball and run through the receiver the entire time, he can make that tackle, which he does end up making the tackle because the, the receiver does have to wait for it. But if, if the ball is here, is that a touchdown? It probably is because of bad technique, bad alignment, bad. Why is he looking back to the ball? What is he going to pick this ball off? No, you're getting beat by five freaking yards. So just bad play. That play pissed me off. I did not like to see that from Crowell, not Crowell, uh, Claiborne. I apologize. Um, it just, that's, that's not, not a good play. And, and we talk about this stuff every single week. I do not, I don't know what the Jets are, are teaching these guys. Um, it helps having an 11 year NFL veteran to back me on these things because maybe if it was me, I, I feel like a little bit foolish, but um, he's a coach and, and he, he agrees. And um, let's see, I, I used, I said bad technique here. Oh, so, okay. So this isn't terrible off the snap. Now I think his feet are a little bit narrow and I don't like this. We've talked about this before. Now you can have a false step either inside or outside to just eliminate that hop or that spread because you have the body just has a tendency to spread. So you want to see a false step, but he spreads. So right there, he's automatically on his, he's, he's on his heels, which is not good for your balance and it, being able to, to stand up against receivers and get, get, you know, create a uh, force into them. So he, he plays it. Okay. Uh, they're pretty, they're pretty close. I like the, the breakdowns. Okay. The problem here is it's not even necessarily looking back for the ball, which maybe I would like to see him get a little bit tighter. So like here, get on, him, get on, him, get on, him, then like get on him still, then look. But the biggest issue here is unless you are 1000% certain you're going to get a pass deflection or, or a in, uh, interception, you want to see this out, this, uh, his right arm right here on Kenny Stills waist or shoulder and then you want to see him go up with that inside arm to deflect that ball. Why do I say that? I say that because watch exactly what happens here. He goes up with that outside arm. Now he has no point of contact, which no point of contact leads to yak, which leads to another 10, 15 yards. Now, if he was to get beat right here, but his hand was here and he misses with that with, with if, if he stabs through right there, stabs right through that ball. Yeah, maybe Stills let's make the catch, but then guess what? His one arm is in position to make a tackle. His other arm is around him to make a position to tackle because he stabbed through right there. Instead of you want, if you, if you're watching the, the film, you want to stab through instead of swiping because when you're when you're swiping, you're taking your momentum down and, and you, you only have that one hand. But when you stab through, you're automatically coming through to to, to tackle him. Um, and he doesn't do either of those things, or even just initially, um, you know, he needs to go up with that with that inside arm right there. So he he lets up another two. Seven, uh, twelve, you know, thirteen yards right there because of bad technique. And this is these are things you have. To, well, you don't have to notice, but these are things we are here to to break down, um, for you. Now, Roberts, another guy who is he's been you know okay. Um, he's been decent. I think he's a he's a good fifth or sixth guy. I don't think he should be the fourth guy. 
Um, now, do I think he, like I said, be a guy on the roster if we've got a couple of better corners? Yeah, I do. I would also like to see a Rashad, Rashad Robinson more, but I don't know why it's not happening. But so they're, they're just they're, they're a tight twin set, and they're almost like stacked. And what happens here with Roberts? He opens his hips right away. He cannot defend anything right here. He can't defend. If, if this is a hitch, he can't defend it. There's no way he can break back on that ball. If it's an out, you can't defend it. There's just, you're, unless, you can, unless you're a phenomenal athlete and you can flip your hips in one step and transition to a full speed, a full sprint. There's just, but he's not. There, there's very few corners who can do that. Maybe a guy like a Patrick Peterson in his prime can do that. Um, Rebus in his prime couldn't even do that. And I'm not dogging on Rebus. Rebus is a technique and strength guy. He cannot, he was not that he was fluid, but he was not Patrick Peterson fluid. Uh, Jalen Ramsey couldn't do it. Um, maybe Marcus Peters can do it. He's really super fluid. Um, Casey Hayward, maybe, but like you have to be super fluid. Um, so he screwed himself here on a hitch. He screwed himself right here on an out. And he's even, even if, if, even if he was a break inside on a, on a, on a post or a dig, you're still giving him it, it to him. You're not, you're not challenging him at all right here. Um, and another thing is, what is he doing the entire time? So, you, if, so even, if, even if he was just playing him off man, what you want to see is you want to see two slight shuffles. We call them read steps. Two, three slight steps backwards. Instead of a full backpedal, we call those read steps because with those steps, you're reading the quarterback, you're reading the play. So now if he was to take those read steps, he saw that the quarterback was taking a one or three-step drop. So if he's like, one ball came up or one, two, three, you know, it's going to be a short route. You have to watch for double for, for double moves, but for the most case you want to hit those read steps. So, okay, now I'm going to drive if I'm playing off, but what does he do? His eyes are on the, the receiver at first, which are already taking away the effectiveness of, of, cause those read steps are what's effective of playing off. Um, so you're taking away the effectiveness of those read steps. And then after the ball snap, now, now he starts reading the quarterback. You're not playing zone. Why are you reading the quarterback? So he screwed himself right there as well. Um, Amendola, you know, gets behind him. And because he's, he's, he's playing with that poor technique and reading the quarterback, guess what? He, now, now Amendola is in his blind spot. He has absolutely no idea where he is because he's reading the quarterback. Now, if he was to just get beat outside, you want to see a quick head whip and get around. But he's in that dead zone for, for a good second or second and a half. And because of that, Roberts is not sure where he is and he thinks he's going to run an out. He's going to run an out route. So he breaks down because he's assuming because he's taking away one of those senses. Now you're having to guess. He guesses wrong and Amendola should have beat him for a massive completion, but Brock Osweiler sucks. So poor from everything, even if you are beat right here, another mistake is play long to intermediate to short. So listen, even if you, even if you do get beat, Keep sprinting and then find him. You can't gear down because you're letting him get over top of your head. Um, so bad play from from Roberts right there. That was early in the game too. He's lucky that Brock Osweiler misses the freaking throw. Um, moving on from the good from the defense and the um, from the offense, um, Anunwa was it was good to see him back. Three receptions for um, for 40 yards and that one play. The play I'm going to bring up. There's really no explanation to it other than the guy is a receiver and when he gets the ball he's legitimately a, he's a running back he's he he can run through so many tackles and they need they need to do more of this now in the beginning of the season they're doing too much of this but i only see like one or i only saw like one or two of these places in Noonwad, and maybe they're trying to limit his health a little bit because he does have a little ankle sprain and there was some reports of him um you know wincing a little bit before the before the game but still i would see a little bit more if you're going to play, you got to play. And it's just a smokescreen. Uh, he, he comes in in motion. It's a smokescreen. 
and he, you know, good, good. He has two hands on the ball, which is good because he sometimes he does carry that ball. It looks like he might be even a little bit more loose right there. Like I don't, it looks like almost a tip of the ball. He 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 carries the ball. He 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 can work on how he carries the ball. That's for sure. Um, that's that's just nitpicky. But you know, this is what I do. This is why you guys like the show. Um, so he breaks one tackle, keeps running, breaks another tackle, breaks another. Well, and then and then he so he breaks two tackles, and then he drags Minka Fitzpatrick for. I think it was like almost like 10 yards. So it's like one, two, three. And he goes down like like a two yards after that. It cut off a little bit early here. But the dude's a monster. So it was good to see him back. Um, good, other good from the offense. I thought Robbie Anderson was okay. You know, four receptions for 32 yards. Good to see him back. Elijah McGuire, I thought he needed to play more. I don't know. He was he, he looked better than Cruel this game. And what did the Jets coaching staff decided to do? They decided to run Cruel more than Elijah McGuire, who had seven rushes for 30 yards, which is a 4.3 average, which is better than Cruel had like 3.7 or 3.8. But there's been many games this game this this year, many games this year where the Jets have had running backs under 50 yards, like one like two yards per carry. It's been so bad. So I didn't know why McGuire didn't get some more time. And I thought Herndon overall, you know, four receptions for 62 yards. You got to give a, a, a thumbs up to him for being a fourth-round rookie. Um, doing what he's doing the last three, four weeks has been uh, pretty impressive. So moving on to the defense, I'm just, I've been talking for about an hour and 40 minutes by myself. I do need to drink water, unfortunately. Um, good from the defense. We'll move on to you know, whatever else um, I have in store. Um, McClendon thought he played well, two tackles. Pennell had a couple of nice plays. I thought Buster screen, six tackles, one pass deflection. Do you notice how, like, over these couple, like, the last couple of games, now Buster screen's been playing good these last two games. Um, he's not going to, you know, keep on this pace because he is inconsistent. That's the key to being good is consistency, and he is inconsistent. But do you notice how much less we're seeing him than Perry Nickerson? Where people were saying, yeah, Perry Nickerson, Perry Nickerson, he needs to play, he needs to play, he needs to play. Um, he's going to take Buster Screen's job. And people were just assuming that a fifth-round guy can take Buster Screen's job. Who Buster Screen, is he a good slot corner? No. Is he a decent slot corner? Maybe sometimes. But is he, a, is he at least is, – is he a below-average starting slot corner? Yes. And is a below-average below starting slot corner better than a fifth-round rookie who could potentially be your fifth or sixth-string corner, maybe not even a team in a couple of years? Yes. So should you automatically assume that a guy in the fifth round is going to come in and start over a guy who is a starter-level level player? Maybe not on a good team, but a starter-level player? No, you should never assume that. And that's why I thought it was foolish for people to say that immediately that Perry Nickerson was better and he's going to play better than Buster Screen because there are games where Buster Screen doesn't get noticed a lot, which for corners, for the most part, minus picks and good tackles, um, you don't really want to see them. So uh, he played well. You can tell that he's he's just much better than Perry Nickerson at this point. Um, Brandon Copeland had a couple of plays. Marcus May didn't get burned over top, so that was good. Uh, I thought Avery Williamson had a had a pretty good game. Um, this game for sure. I almost put him in my uh, my studs, but 11, 11 tackles. He had one sack. Um, I forget what exactly exactly it was because watching when he plays, I I can't remember every single play. Um. This is really there's really nothing special about this. The Jets they're they're sending four. Um, they're they're showing they might send six, but they're dropping both of the the outside linebackers in, into coverage, which um, looks like it might be a cover three. It's a little bit weird. I think this is a little bit blown again, which happens with the Jets. Um, but Avery Limson, what they're doing this they call this sugaring the a gap. That's like the term because you have two linebackers in the a gaps now. 
um, on the opposite side. Now, if you have two defensive linemen, if there was a defensive lineman here, defensive lineman here, they call that a double mug defense. Um, but this is just sugar, they're sugaring the a gap, um, and they send both. Which you're you're making you're making the running back block opposite and take on a 240 245 pound linebacker. And Williamson sets him up. He 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 makes the running back anticipate power, um, and he's just going to bull rush him. And he doesn't. So the running back ducks his head down and throws his shoulder in. And what does Avery Williamson do? He literally just it's it's it, he just arm overs him. He olays him. That's all he does. So he makes him anticipate that power, olays him, and then he gets the he gets the sack on uh, on Brock Osweiler. Some nice play from um, Avery Williamson um, right there. And then this one is my uh, this is why I like Avery Williamson a lot. The next one I'm going to show you, I, I just think he's a te- he's a tough sob, um, and I I like his um, mentality and his aggressiveness. And um, you'll see why on this play. So this play, um, the Dolphins run a inside zone, and Avery Williamson knows that number 62 right here is coming at him. Avery Lemson does not try to stack him. He doesn't try to really do anything, but he, he takes the fight to him. I like this. Instead of trying to get all cute and fancy, what does he do? He ducks his head down. He delivers a jolt, and he gets off and makes a tackle on Gore. A lot of linebackers, you'd see him kind of, okay, like come up a little bit softer, you know, try to get their hands on extension stack, which he does do that. He does get that extension stack, but there are times where he's just going to freaking lower his helmet into you, knock you on your ass a little bit, knock you back, and then make the tackle. That's exactly what he does. He's, he's pushing – a six, a 300 pound lineman backwards and getting off his block immediately. That's freaking, that is a nice play. Do people talk about this play? No. Do I like to see this play? Hell yes. So a plus there from Avery Williamson. I love that strength, that aggressiveness, that mentality. I really do. Um, moving on from him. Um, let's see, uh, Henry, I have one play of Henry Anderson. I think this is the bull rush. I don't, I don't know if I even necessarily need to show this, but I'm going to, because I'm solo. Um, and, it's uh, yeah. It's all he's really doing is this is this is one of the good things I wrote in his scouting report of him when I when I when I not scouting report I didn't scout him out of the well I guess I scout him out of free agency but I watched uh, like four five or six of his games and I wrote a write up like I always do like uh so basically for the people who didn't follow me in the off season and what you're getting a preview of is I'll watch depends on how much time I have it's a huge player I'll watch all sixteen games if it's a lesser known player guy the Jets just signed I'll watch like four to six games maybe eight games and then what I do is. I'll put up the plays on Twitter. I'll specifically explain the plays to you as best as I can, 240 characters. It's a lot easier what I'm doing on this. And then I'll write a whole thing of them, where they came from, what kind of defense they played in, how they fit, et cetera. And then I'll specifically list strengths, you know, size, speed, whatever, and then weaknesses. And I'll do all that for you guys. And then what's most likely going to happen is I'll probably come on the show as well and then go over that review. So you're going to be getting a lot of player reviews this season because, listen, me and Marcus are about film. Um, I'm about film. You know, if you just me solo, I'm about film. So I'm not going to come on here, you know, February 2nd, 7th, 21st, March 6th. I'm not going to make up storylines and just talk a bunch of crap things about Donald and Bulls and all the stuff that people want to hear, hear about. I'll talk about it once or twice, but then we're going to dive into film because that, we are the TOJ film room. Um, and one of the good things I wrote about him was the, the fact that he's 6'6 and he gets under guys' pads at times. And it's good because when you're when you're playing when you're playing when you're so tall, it's easy for offensive linemen just based on their center of gravity to to hold you and to get under your pads. But he gets low right here. He, you could see him get under the um I don't know, I don't know what his Laroche La I think his name is um the offensive lineman. He gets under his pads. He gets under his armpits. He 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 connects his his lower body 
and his um and his arms. He gets a nice bend in his arms, creates a nice power. And this is why people say like, oh, bench. I've heard this from coaches. Bench press doesn't matter. What are you? What are you blocking guys from your back? No, but when you have to extend, what muscle is he using right there? If your friend is coming at you and you're holding him back with both arms out like this, or you're trying to extend him, what would help with that benching? Maybe. I don't know. That just seems weird. I don't know, but uh, that's just my opinion. Um, so he like benches him right here, and he just pushes him back into um, Osweiler, which makes him you know, scramble out of the pocket, and he eventually uh, throws the ball away. But nice bull rush there, nice getting low, good technique from Anderson to get under the armpits, um, et cetera. Um, Next from the defense, the Jets gave up three yards per play, which is freaking – they balled out. Three yards per play is, is really good, a really good game. Um, they held the Dolphins to three for 16 on first down, which, again, is damn impressive. That's a really, really good number. Um, I think Otachu – I like – so I like Copeland. I like Otachu. Now, do I like them as starters? No. Uh, I think what's going to happen next year is you're going to see a new starting – or what I hope should happen next year is you're probably going to see – now, now, like, let's. I'm not saying they're Shane Ray type of guys who are backups, or like a Dante Fowler type of guy who's like a backup. Well, he was um, with the uh, with the Jaguars. I don't know where he's exactly at with the Rams. Um, now, are these guys I want starting? But I think they're good. I think they're good backups. I don't think they're the best backups, but I think next year, if you have Atachu and um, Atachu and Copeland as backups, or maybe Martin, like one of those three guys, I think that's good. But I still think you need to start a good starting outside linebacker um, to play alongside Jenkins and alongside you know Adams and May and you know, Leonard Williams, et cetera. Um, but I thought, I thought he had a good game in being in Tacho this game. And this is just a long arm uh, technique right here where it's literally, it's pretty simple. Um, long arm. <laughs> it's you're, 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 he's, he's, a, he's attacking the, the leverage a little bit with that, with that hesitation inside. If you see a hesitation step inside right there with a head fake, which gets the number 74 to throw his hands. And he knows, Tacho knows that he's going to throw his hands out there and What's longer, one arm extended like that, or two arms? So if you place that hand well, you're always going to win because you're unless the the, which is why long arms for defensive ends, uh, outside linebackers, any rushers, and offensive linemen is super super important for this reason. Now, Dil, could Dylan Donahue do this? No, because he has short ass arms. Now, if the same thing, you know, vice versa for the offensive linemen, can the offensive lineman defend against this type of play if he had short arms? No, you really can't. So that's why our arm length is massively, massively important. As soon as I see a, a defender with like, you know, 32 below inch arms, I think that's about the number um, that I look at. Um, and outside rusher, I automatically, it's a huge notch against them for me personally. That's how I look at rush. I, th- I think rushers need to have long arms to be super effective. Um, unless you're just a freak athlete, but like look at a guy like Chandler Jones or Khalil Mack, or I think Von Miller doesn't have super long arms, but Von Miller's freaking, you know, his get off is the best in the league, the best I've seen in a while. Um, but yeah, nice, nice form right there, nice bend, nice power exerter right there. You can see he's leaning his body until he's using him for support. Now, when he's leaning this far, what the offensive lineman probably should do, if he's a better offensive lineman, which you'd want to see if I was if I was criticizing from the Dolphin side, once that long arm comes in and he starts bending like that, what he needs to do, since he's leaning, all all of his weight is going into this offensive lineman, and his elbow is right here. So if he was to take this this arm right this this hand right here and just chop the crap of him out of him like wood, he's and, and you kind of like almost ole him a little bit, chop and ole. 
um, he's going to fall to his ass because he cannot keep his, his balance up right here without his, without his weight distributed on this right tackle. So the, the, the right tackle doesn't play great. He kind of just rides it out, which is helping Itachi. And Itachi ends up getting the sack. But uh, nice long arm right there. But like I said, poor technique. I think we're actually getting like a, like really good into some things we don't get into this, this, uh, this show. So if you, if you do, um, just comment on it. Cause I think, I, I feel like we are getting into a couple of different things that I'm going to talk about long arms and sugar and, you know, um, double mug and some of those things. I feel like it has been pretty productive with, uh, the listeners. So, um, moving on other than that, special teams, nothing to note minus one missed field goal by, um, you know, by uh, Jason Myers, which is going to happen. He's been pretty good this year, so I'm not going to kill him for a missed field goal. It's going to happen. Like I said, um, punting was fine. Kick return was okay, whatever. Um, penalties, 5-4-45. Um, now, they were they, – that's a little bit less than they've been getting, but like me and Marcus said, we, you know, we want to see like two or three or, you know, ideally none. That's very rare unless you're like a Bill Belichick-type team, which they even get penalties at times too, or a lot of teams do. Um, so like ideally like two or three, so five is a little bit too much. And I remember like a couple of those penalties came at the worst time. Like the Jets were in field goal range once and they got a penalty, knocked them back a little bit and then put them in like third and 12 instead of like third and seven, like just like untimely penalties. But, um, yeah, you always got to mention the penalties, um, moving on from, from that game, uh, the bills roster looking at the bills game, a couple more minutes, uh, is you look at the roster, it's kind of like, it's the offense is just I, I went on a Buffalo Bills podcast if you're interested in like hearing me on there for whatever reason if you are that big you know of a listener and you want to hear a little bit of like some different views some different talking points if you type in a rock pile report on um on a what the, the iTunes app you can listen it's like a third I was on there for like 25 20 minutes with that so you can listen to that interview um but they said Nathan Peterman is playing that's what they told me um, he has one touchdown, seven interceptions this year. He's been god awful. The Bills' quarterback situation, going from like trading from AJ McCarron to trading him to getting Derek Anderson to him getting injured to Peterman starting playing badly, then playing Allen, then benching him, then trading McCarron, then starting Anderson. It's like they're they're a mess right now. Um, so he has one touchdown, seven interceptions, and the last sixty nine drives on the White specifically sixty nine. Um, that probably is, but it's the in the Bills' last 69 drives, they have thrown more pick sixes in three, with being three than touchdowns two. So in three in, – in 69 drives, they have two touchdowns, which is incredible. Um, so their quarterback is bad. Um, running back situation, LaShawn McCoy, he's still good, but he's not LaShawn McCoy of a couple of years ago when he first got to Buffalo or obviously like it is super, super prime with the Eagles where he's one of the best running backs in the league. He's not that anymore this, this year, 85, um, 85 rushes for 267 yards, which th- comes out to three, uh, 3.1 yards per rush, which you can't just look at per yard, uh, especially if you're watching the show, you know, not to just look at, you know, yards per rush because, there's a lot of things that factor into it. Who's stacking the box? Who's stacking the box? Are the offensive line taking care of their assignments, et cetera, et cetera. But from what I've watched from him, he doesn't look like the exact same guy. He's still good, but he's not great. Um, they have Chris Ivory, who's older now. He is what he is. Uh, they run a fullback in Patrick DeMarco, who's whatever. The receivers are a bunch of jokes. Uh, Calvin Benjamin is terrible. I think it was uh, – what the frick did that guy – I think the Monday Night Crew has been awful. I, I, I think they step on each other a lot, and they really – they 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 kind of rush to get points in and they disagree a lot. It just it doesn't sound very good. But um, Booger McFarland said the one time, uh, you know, Calvin Benjamin's like one Popeye Popeye's biscuit away from being a tight end, which is true. 
Uh, I just don't see the dedication. I don't see a good receiver there. He'll, he'll make a good catch or two every other game, but uh, overall he's not a good receiver. Terrell Pryor is Terrell Pryor. He's whatever. Um, Zay Jones is a psychopath, and Andre Holmes is Andre Holmes. The receiver group does not scare me at all. Ted end group, Charles Clay, he was great with, with – uh, he was with Miami when he was in his prime. He's actually good, like all, versatile all around, um, you know, type of guy. Um, it's got a notification. Jets, Jets won't. Jets coach Cobbles told reporters that the rookie quarterback won't start versus Bills, but stopped short of completely ruling him out for week ten or whatever. I don't care. Um, so yeah, the, Charles Clay is a shell of himself. He gets injured a lot. Behind him is Jason Kroom. I'm not afraid of anything on that uh, with that group. McCoy maybe because he's he's still good, but other than that, Deion Dawkins he's okay. Vlad Dukas is garbage. Russell Bodine is garbage. John Miller is garbage. Jordan Mills is okay. But their offensive line overall is a bad offensive line with no – sounds like us, seriously. I think we have a little bit better because we have guys like Anunua and Robbie Anderson and Herndon who's developing. And we have, you know, Darnold who will take over anybody on their team. I'll take Darnold over anybody on this team. Honestly, I, I do really – don't lose faith in Darnold. That's what I'm saying. I, I, there would be a little bit of doubt. You'll see a little bit of interceptions. But you have to understand what he's working with, what I show you every week, and the fact he's 21 years old. Do not give up faith in this kid. I, I, I think he's going to be a good quarterback. I really do. Um, I'm not just saying because I'm a Jets fan. When I saw Mark Sanchez, I like, go, oh, shit, this is not, <laughs> this is not going to be good. Um, but the offensive line is bad. Now, looking at their defense, the defense is good, man. The, the defense has always been good. Um, the defensive ends, Trent Mur- Murphy. Um, here, I can actually I can close this, uh, this out. Um, so the – let me just uh, bring up there. Uh, so I'm going to bring up the rest of my notes because there's a bunch of stuff. Um, the defensive end is Trent Murphy, Jerry Hughes, who is he's a good player. He's a little bit inconsistent in Shaq Lawson. They have some good DNs. Their defensive tackles, uh, Kyle Williams, he's he's still playing at a pretty high level, not elite level, but he's still a b- above average defensive tackle, and he's pretty old, but he's playing well. They have Star Lutelele, who came from the Panthers. I don't know. I'm thinking of Dante Eric Poe, who got drafted by the Chiefs. But, yeah, he came from the Panthers. Uh, he's been okay so far. I've heard a couple of Bills fans saying they wanted to cut him, so apparently he hasn't been too great. Um, Jordan Phillips is whatever. But it's a decent um, – you know, it's a decent front right there. And then you have guys like Tremaine Edmonds, who is super raw, but his the fact that he's like 6'5", 6'6", I think he's 6'5", at a middle linebacker and like running like a 4'4", doing all the things he can – um, like I said, he's raw, but he has a lot of athletic ability. I do like uh, Jermaine Edmonds. And then you have uh, the other middle linebacker, the backup middle linebacker is Julian Stanford, who we know who he is. He's, he got cut from our team for a reason. He's nobody, to be honest. Um, the outside linebackers, Lorenzo Alexander, Matt Milano, they're, they're actually decent outside linebackers. I, I think they're okay. Um, but overall, it's a, it's a solid front seven. And then their, their safeties are good, man. Their, their safeties are definitely the best. I think it's the best part of their team, I would say. Jordan Poyer and, and Micah Hyde. They're, they're, uh, they're guys who I'm not even going to really declare one free safety, one strong safety. Uh, I think, if anything, uh, maybe maybe Hyde plays a little bit more free. I'm not, I, I watch some of their games, but I think they're so interchangeable that it's not really like a Jamal Adams and Marcus May situation where you see Jamal Adams, stri- like not strictly in the box, but much more you see um, Marcus May in the box. But um, they're really versatile guys. They're good athletes. They're really smart players. Um, and they have a guy like Raphael Bush behind him, who's a decent player as well. So their, their safety group is pretty solid. Um, their number one corner, Tredavious White, 
I would say if I really would have to sit down and, and mark down my top 10 corners, but I think he's right in that range, like eight, nine, or 10. He's really, really, really good. But looking at the rest of it, Ryan Lewis, uh, Lafayette Pitts, Taron Johnson, attack everybody minus Tredavious White in that secondary. But I think they do run a decent – a lot of zone. Um, so it's a little bit harder to isolate, um, you know, Ryan Lewis or Pitts or Johnson unless you know, okay, it's going to be cover four where cover you know cover four basically turns on in, into man once the – depends on the coach. But, okay, if it's past 10 yards, 12 yards, it basically turns into – into zone unless it's like a palms coverage, which is a whole nother story from a different day. You've heard me explain uh, palms coverage, but um, it's a little bit more difficult, I'm saying, to, to isolate those guys, but try to if you can. If you notice cover three, cover four, um, let's let's get Robbie Anderson a couple deep shots this game. Um, guys who might not play for the Jets, I'm not, I haven't really seen the full injury report. I'm hoping freaking Tremaine Johnson. Honestly, I, I think this game, like I kind of want to say I want to see him back just because I want to see him back to get so much money, but I, 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 why not just sit him? If the Jets lose this game, Bowles gets fired. That's a positive. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not just being a dick. If he gets fired, uh, that's a positive. So they lose, that's, that's hopefully what happens. If they lose, they get better draft position. I hate rooting for losses. I will never do it, but it's one of the bright sides that they do. Um, and you don't want to rush – train Johnson back because he's a huge investment for at least another two years after this year minimum because his guarantee money was like 40 million dollars or whatever so he's going to be here at least next two years let's not rush him back let's get him healthy um, it does suck that it was a practice injury and the fact that he wasn't like playing well so the fact he wasn't playing well the first four weeks and then he got injured um everybody's mindset's like really down on Tremaine Johnson but he, he I think he'll bounce back he's still a good corner um so hopefully he's actually benched this week so I'm not sure about him playing we just see this like the, the status of guys like you know Anderson and Numa, but I think for the most part, minus Donald, the team is pretty much healthy um, for like what to do this game. Create some freaking turnovers versus the quarterback who has more pick sixes or the, the Bills who have more pick sixes, uh, pick sixes than touchdowns in the last sixty nine drives. Create a turnover or two. Just haven't been getting a lot. Um, hold this quarterback. You should really not even line up a, team, a touchdown to this team. Um, and if so, maybe a t- like one. So limit their offense. It's really easy. Don't make mistakes. Um, challenge these these corners deep. You know, isolate those one on one opportunities. Like I said, if it is in zone, uh, take some deep shots. Get a Nunwa. I think really the only thing for this offense to do is take deep shots to Rob Anderson and get a Nunwa in more you know yak opportunities. I think that's how you how you have to run this offense. Um, and honestly, you know. I like to see. I have a better feeling with Darnold winning a game. If I think if everybody who is really, really honest in themselves had to pick one game, would you rather we have more faith in Darnold or McCown for one game? I would say McCown. I, th- I think McCown is better than Darnold at this point, but it's because Darnold's 21 years old and McCown has seen this league for freaking 15 years, 16 years. A lot of the game is mental. A lot of people can do it physically for the most part accuracy move accuracy moving on the run that type of stuff <clears throat> that backyard stuff that Donald has and isn't easy to teach, uh, to teach but most of the game is mental like 90% mental so uh, McCown does have that mental part for the most part so I think the Jets actually win this game more I, I have a better feeling that they win this game because McCown is playing now what I'm hoping hap- doesn't happen and Bowles really might be this stupid, but he have to be a new level of stupid to see this happen. That McCown wins, he wants to save his coaching job, and McCown keeps playing even if Donald's healthy, which I, he would be—he should be fired immediately for that anyway. Not playing Donald over McCown, um, but yeah, it's it's pretty simple game plan. Just don't 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 screw up and force the Bills into turnover. That's really it. Um, so for <clears throat> my score, 
let me see actually because uh marcus texted me his uh <clears throat> his picks of the week here so oh okay wow we're actually really really close um so he said 21 to 10 jets and i said 20 to 10 jets um and I, I might almost go to 23 to 10 jets because i really do have a lot more faith in mccown but i think the offensive line is just so bad and his defense is actually pretty good so I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with 20 to 10 jets Jets are going to give up a touchdown because they're going to piss us off if he was a touchdown against the Bills. It's just going to happen eventually with McCoy or some broken coverage because the Jets do still have a broken coverage, which actually I think there's a, I think there's like two plays or three plays talking about broken coverages that I did not – oh, okay, yeah. So I'm actually going to do that. Talking about broken coverages, then I'm done with the Bills game. I, I expected 20 to 10, but I just want to go over two more um, – plays from from this uh last game i gotta I got pull it up on my computer so excuse me for a second because i closed it out but uh i just wanted to go over some of the miscommunication that they're still having because i did i did put it in there i don't know why i just kind of skipped over it in you know while talking about it but they just and i'm gonna go over it quickly because i know we kind of already covered the dolphins game but just some some miscommunications that are happening on this like on this play for example like adams I'm, like i said i'm not going to break it down completely but adams is covering parker um, you know, as he's running the deep over route, and he just leaves him for whatever reason. He leaves him. He's expecting someone else to pick him up. Nobody else picks him up, and then it's a wide open catch that Brock Osweiler goes behind him, and Devontae Adam or Devontae Parker drops. I don't know if I called him Adams twice there, but um, miscommunications from the defense, bad defense, and then um, I have uh, just one more play. I just want to show some things that are just breaking down this team that shouldn't be happening to NFL teams. Um, so the defense played well, but they did benefit from playing Brock Osweiler. Let's be, let's be honest here; they just did. And this play right here, we talk about all, all the time. When, when you have a tighter a formation like this um, and you're on man on the running back right here, which uh, I, I, I don't know if that's – it looks like almost Lee. No, it's actually – I think it's actually Avery uh, – no, Bash. Is Bash from 51? I think – no, or I forget who's 51. Uh, it might be Cope. I forget, I, I forget they're freaking all the outside linebackers numbers. I don't know why. Um, but look what they're doing. You literally have guys running into each other. It's, it's just man – this is a man situation where you have man, man with Claiborne and, and screen and then screen and um, the outside linebacker are both on the same level. They both run into each other. Hey, you have the pick of the litter. Now do you want to throw it to Kenny Stills right here, Brock Osweiler? Or do you want to throw it to the running back? He throws it to the running back and then it goes for a big gain because they're playing at the same level. They need to recognize this. If anything, you want to see screen you want to play, you want to see him play a little bit more, more, uh, safe and then screen even pressing the point even more and um they're just they're literally running into each other it looks like uh it's like little giants or something so that's 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 bad but um whatever i just wanted to, i i just wanted to show this i remember that i, that I did have them i mentioned miscommunications um on the defense so minus that uh we covered it marcus predicted 21 to 10 i predicted 20 to 10 it's actually a surprise we picked that close um so going on to the pickums of the week Last week, um, let's see, we both picked the Jets. They lost. We both picked the Raiders, who got beat 34-3 to by the San Francisco 49ers with their third-string quarterback, which is just the Raiders are all-time new. I, I, am, I cannot believe they're in a 10-year contract with John Gruden. Um, so, that, so that happened. Um, so we both lost that game. We both lost the Jets game. Did not start out well for us. And then I picked the Steelers in Baltimore, and Marcus picked the Ravens. Um, and the Steelers won twenty-three to sixteen. Uh, he picked the Chargers against the Seahawks in in uh, 
Seattle. I picked the Seahawks because I need I needed just make up games on him. The Chargers one twenty five to seventeen. I picked I wanted to pick the freaking Saints in this game, but I picked the Rams because he picked the Saints and the Saints won uh forty five to uh thirty five. Great game to watch um in New Orleans right there. And then the next game we both picked the the uh the Patriots versus the uh Packers on Sunday night football. The Patriots won pretty easily thirty one to seventeen. And then Monday night football, which thank you, football gods and f- football betting gods for that parlay. Um the Titans beat the Cowboys in Dallas 28 to 14. And I picked the Titans and Marcus picked the Cowboys. Now for this week, there was a, there was a, there's just, there's just shit games. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. That's pretty much uh, what it is. But uh, quickly going over this, I'm just going to type in um, one of Marcus's picks. So it's actually easier for me to do next week when I'm doing the show, I got to see his picks again. Um, so first game, we're both picking the Jets. Like I said, uh, the next game, the, the the game tonight, which is it's awesome, an awesome freaking game. Um, the six and two Panthers at the five two and one Steelers. The Steelers started off like one two and one, and now they're on a hot streak. The Panthers are playing really really good football. Um, he Marcus is picking the Panthers. I'm going to pick the Steelers. I feel like a lot of times when I watch this, one, I need to win. And two, when I watch Steelers in primetime, they, they play pretty well, I feel like. I feel like they're starting to get their groove a little bit back now. So um, I'm going to pick the Steelers there. If it was the Panthers at home, I'll pick the, the, the Panthers. Uh, the next game um, is the Sunday at 1 o'clock, the 3-5 and five Jaguars at the 3-5 and five Colts. Marcus is picking the Jaguars. And I'm just going to say the Jaguars are just going to keep on their freaking schneid right now. And the, the Colts are going to jump out quick, and the Jaguars are not going to be able to catch up because they're going to rely on Blake Bortles to throw the ball, which you can't do, um, even though they do have Fournette back. But I really do like that Leonard guy. Uh, so hopefully he's able to limit Fournette. And Fournette, I'm, I'm assuming his first game back is not going to get 20 catch, uh, 20 touches, probably like 15 touches. So he's going to be a little bit less than, than a fully healthy uh, Leonard Fournette. So um, like I said, I'm taking a serious. He's taking the Colts. Or sorry, I'm taking the Steelers, he's taking the Panthers, I'm taking the Colts, he's taking the Jags. The next game that we have up is Sunday night, the three and five Cowboys at the uh four and four Eagles. We're both taking Eagles here. I don't think it's smart to take against the Eagles or pick against the Eagles. One for multiple reasons. Uh I, the Cowboys are not a great team. Um the Eagles are starting to look a little bit better. And also I have that, that ongoing bet with the uh, the Redskins will not make the playoffs, which they started like five and two, but now they've lost a lot of guys and things like that. So maybe they won't, but I need to re- root for the Eagles, which I hate doing. And as a kid, I actually liked the, like when I didn't know a lot about football, I liked the Eagles. Like I'm, I was always, always a Jets fan. Like I'm, I'm, I was always a Jets were only one of my team, but when I was rooting for NFC teams, like in the playoffs, I always root for the Eagles because of Brian Dawkins. People know Brian Dawkins is my favorite. And I like Donovan McNabb and Brian Westbrook and, all those guys, and then I learned about Philadelphia fans, and that's the only fan base I've ever hear cheer for injuries. I remember Big Ben went down there throwing beer at him while he was coming by on a cart. I remember in a Mets playoff game, uh, or I think just Mets Phillies, and they booed, they, they they cheered for David Wright when he went injured, got injured. Uh, the Devils were playing the Flyers in the playoffs, and they cheered. I think it was Niedermeyer went down. Maybe it was Ravolsky. They went down and um, they were cheering. Like they're just a they're a, they're a freaking shitty fan base. They're such nasty people. They really are. I understand being passionate, and then they're just being assholes. They're they're assholes. So, but I, I threw for them this year, unfortunately. Um, with saying that, and then the last game of the week is the this would be the best game of the week. Uh, Monday Night Football: the one and seven Giants at the two and seven Forty ers 
man, um, like this is why you say like you know you can't like read too much in the schedule because who would have predicted the Niners being two and seven with Garoppolo and starting all you know start ending up the year five and zero last year whatever it was and the Giants. I thought they'd have a little bit better of a record this year, but uh, we're both picking the Giants this year because I think they do have some talent with o, you know Odell and obviously with Barkley. Um, I think they do end up being the 49ers. So recapping, um, both thinking the Jets. I'm thinking the Steelers. He's thinking the Panthers. He's taking the Jags. I'm taking the Colts. Both thinking the Eagles. Both taking the Giants. Um, oh, duh. And I didn't even say the, the records from last week. We both went three and four, by the way, last week. I read over those games and bringing my record to 31, 28 and one and Marcus to 38, 21 and, and one. So I need to at least pick up like two games like a week now. So I'm hoping. If you're if you're a fan of the show and you like competition, or maybe you just like me more than Marcus, maybe you don't like me. Maybe you like Marcus more. Maybe you're rooting for me to lose. But if you do like me, root for the Steelers and the Colts, please. It's just Steelers and Colts. Let's go. Um, and we'll be back. Or you know, yeah, he'll be back. He just had some things to get take care of this week. But we'll be back next week. Like I said, if you enjoy the show, if you learn a lot, if you appreciate what we do. Um, at the minimum, just go throw us a like and a rating on YouTube. Or just throw, if you have two minutes, literally just two minutes, um, five-star, hey, I really enjoy this podcast. That's all I need. But if you want to write a little bit more, obviously it means a lot to me. And we'll send you to a game with a signed T-shirt and all this stuff, or you know, hopefully, or a mini helmet, wherever it is. But um, just just leave a review. I, I really appreciate everybody. And uh, like I said, we'll be back um, next Thursday. It's ho- most likely going to be the Jet- with the Jets win, but hopefully it's with the Jets win and Sam Darnold healthy. So we will see you uh, next week. Thank you.